0: Hello, friends. The Morally Flexible podcast is devoid of any redeemable qualities. This show is basically a couple of drunk people doing some movie reviews, discussing topics that will make most people sick, and sharing life lessons of no educational value. Think of it as tainted domestic wisdom. This is a two-to-three-hour podcast. If you have the attention span of a squirrel, please stop listening and unsubscribe. We also provide spoiler-filled movie reviews. If you haven't seen the movies reviewed in this episode, please stop listening and go watch them. Lastly, this show is full of explicit content. If the words shit, fuck, bitch, whore, cock, pussy, or jizz bother you, it's probably too late. You've already been triggered. Hit stop now. We at the Morally Flexible Podcast thank you and hope you enjoy the show. It's the It's the Morally Flexible Podcast. This podcast is going to hell. Welcome to the Morally Flexible Podcast. My name is Josh and I am your host. On tonight's show, we will be reviewing the film The Concessionaires Must Die. And then in the kids' corner, we'll be talking about Chippendale Park Life. Uh and of course in between all that there'll be a shit ton of fuckery. Joining me this evening is a good friend. She's been on the show a couple of times. Uh joining me all the way from uh I think Washington-ish is uh Miss Angie. Angie, how are you?
1: Doing good. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing all right. Not bad. It was a little sweltering in here when I when I got into the studio, but uh Got the air conditioner up and running and now it's only mildly sweltering. So we're not quite ball soup level yet, but it, I think we're gonna get there at some point a, again. So we, we may have copious breaks tonight. Sounds good. All right. Uh, yes, uh, gotta do a, a quick uh, weather update. It's a balmy 80 degrees here in the Portland metro area. I, for some reason, people care, I guess. I don't, I don't know if they do or don't, but uh, whatever. How, how's the weather up in Washington? Mm-hmm
1: about the same actually so we're kind of the same at this point i didn't go outside much
0: so no 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 outside today
1: well i sat in the car for a long time but air conditioning i even have cooled seats so really not a problem
0: that's a beautiful thing Uh, that's why i love my car i I will sleep in it occasionally sometimes (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't matter. All right. Well, um, I want to thank uh, everybody who's listening. Numbers are starting to pump up a little bit. I've gotten a lot of outreach on social media. So I, I appreciate everybody. Um, you know, keep going. You know, the money's coming down the line here. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. It's good. No, it's not going to happen. But anyways, I do appreciate everybody that's uh, that's been listening. So if you want to reach out to me, it is contact at morallyflexiblepodcast.com. Uh, Twitter, we're at the morally. Fl- Facebook, the morally flexible podcast. Uh, what the fuck else am I missing? Instagram, morally underscore flexible underscore podcast. It's a lot of underscores going on there. I feel like I could have done something better with that. What do you, what do you think, Angie?
1: You can always do better.
0: Can I change that?
1: Uh, maybe. I don't know. I've never m- actually tried. Yeah. I actually have a business account. I don't know. Nope. Sorry. I've already had a couple drinks. So
0: that's, oh yes. (laughs) While I was waiting for the studio to cool off, I, uh, yes, I, I I did a little pre funk. So (laughs) strap in kids. This could get interesting. All right. Well, speaking of, let's talk about what we're drinking. So tonight I had a little uh, kill still uh, laying around. So I'm going to be alternating. Be- I had about a half a bottle of that left and about a half a bottle of proper 12 from last episode. So I'm going to be alternating between the two. Um, not going to give the bio on any of that because, well, we've talked about it already. So what are you drinking tonight?
1: I am drinking my old standby of Captain Morgan's, but I am using Dr. Pepper as a mixer. So I will probably be vibrating by the end of tonight and will not be able to sleep for the next 72 hours.
0: Do they call that a flaming Dr. Pepper?
1: No, but I had one at the bar the other night.
0: <laughs> so what's what's in a flaming Dr. Pepper?
1: Uh, it's actually um, beer and amaretto with the 151 it lit on fire
0: that's satan right there wow and
1: i had one because i was i just wanted to try something not new but different
0: okay so <laughs> all right yeah that, that's that that works i yeah i uh 151 and i are very good friends so there's uh oh liquid
1: like cocaine's much
0: oh i've had a few of those in my day what what were what were in those again
1: um, I think I like what cocaine was Jaeger, Goldschlager, and 151. Hold on, I'm going to look it up.
0: Nope, that's what it was. I remember now. Yep. Fucking Goldschlager. And ja- oh, God.
1: I don't think anybody actually carries Goldschlager in bars anymore.
0: Not in bars. I know it's out there. I see it in the liquor store.
1: Oh, no, it's Jaegermeister Rumpelmintz and 151. So, yes, you can usually get it in bars. Because R- I know a lot of bars still call, carry rumplements.
0: It's Rumpelmann's? Yeah. I, uh, I feel like the bar we used to go to back in the day, it was it was Goldschlager. Uh, Maybe they made it differently?
1: I don't know. I'm seeing a lot of different recipes. Well,
0: that's fucking weird. Okay. Well, I'll never drink it again, so I'm not really super concerned about it. Uh, it 151, yes, was my drink of choice for many, many years. It was 151 and Coke. Um, my liver has failed multiple times. <laughs> Uh, any, anything with a splash guard on it to avoid, uh, being caught on fire is probably something you shouldn't be drinking. Just, just throwing it out there. So, but yes, uh, well, enjoy your, your, uh, captain and, and DP. I know. I mean, Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper, not DP. No, no, that's wrong. So, (laughs) all right, well, I'm going to rush into the, uh, the weekly report. If I can find the fucking button. Good Lord. All right. So in this week's weekly report, uh, I'm going to dive into movie money again because shit's some shit kind of popped off this week that is pissing me off greatly. So Free Guy, w- starring Ryan Reynolds, uh, was mm-hmm. released uh, just uh, at the end of last week. Um, everybody kind of went... Uh, a little crazy about how it did at the box office. So it made $28.4 million its opening weekend, and somehow they're considering that a success.
1: I would probably agree with that, though, because we think about Black Widow made $80 million, right? But I bet you two-thirds of the sales from Black Widow in the box office were from Disney+. Plus. So... I would say that probably is a success
0: yes, ex- in COVID times. except uh, here's the deal. Um, the week prior, The Suicide Squad made about 26 and some change, and people called that a, just a resounding failure across the board.
1: Well, because it was also HBO Max, and they don't charge premium on HBO Max.
0: Well, they've already announced a sequel for it after the opening weekend. Uh, One of the things they're kind of hanging their hat on, and again, this number I'm quoting is domestic, not worldwide, uh, but this is the best opening for an original film during the pandemic. So it's not you know a a DCEU or an MCU movie. uh, So they're excited about that. Uh, I, I have to quote this Rotten Tomatoes article because this is the biggest load of bullshit I've ever read. Uh, The industry was holding its breath to see how this weekend's new theatrical exclusive entries would perform. This weekend was the first time during the pandemic that three new movies were released in over 2,000 theaters without a single streaming entity making them available at home. With COVID-19 cases again on the rise, the weekend was likely going to be a barometer for studios to decide how to manage their fall and holiday releases. Everything is on notice after the Suicide Squad underperformed last week. And with the results uh, or the, the take of Free Guy, hope was struck. That's a quote. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> hope was struck. Look, I understand the small numbers for, for both films domestically. I, I get it. Again, y'all motherfuckers shouldn't be going to the movie theaters anyways right now. So I am I, I get that. But I, I love this, this shift f- from... Oh my God! The Suicide Squad was it, it underperformed hugely, but hey, we have this original property that made about two million dollars more. Really? Are, are, it was.
1: Uh, <laughs> I kind of see their point, though. I mean, how often? I you expect a DC EU or an MCU movie to be big, and but anything else is just like were Star Wars, but anything outside of that, it's kind of like, ooh. <laughs> well,
0: funny. I, 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 the Suicide Squad, and I mentioned this last episode, it, it had uh, several things going against it. Number one, it was rated R. So there's one that's going to cut your audience down. Number two, again, oh yeah, there's this whole COVID fucking thing that's, that's going around. As far as the streaming is concerned, I feel like had, you know the Delta variant not been spiking the shit out of everything. They would have seen bigger box office numbers.
1: Oh, definitely. Like, I think the only thing I'm going to go to the movies movies for is Dune because you're going to have to see that in theaters.
0: But um wait a minute, I is, think... is, is Dune getting? It's not going to be released day and day. You know, same day as as theaters.
1: It may be, but I don't care because I'm going to go see it.
0: <laughs> They're the same. Sorry. Same day on HBO Max. I remember. Maybe. I remember reading something that said that that was going to be the one exception because the producers behind it and everybody else had a shit fit when it was announced. So I, I can't recall. It looks like you're looking it up right now.
1: I am. I'm so sorry. That's you okay. You can actually see me. That's... I don't know. Uh. I don't know. They're talking. Oh, well, there's something to talk about the weekly report. It says uh, IndieWire is saying something about there's supposed to be a second movie, but not if it bombs at the box office. So it's definitely going to be in the thing. Hold on. fucking.
0: That's okay. So are we talking about Dune being a bomb at the box office? They'll get a sequel. Well, they won't
1: do part two if part one bombs but to tell you the truth i know a lot of people are saying i am totally going to the theater for this movie like i won't get out of uh, out of my house for black widow and i won't go for the suicide squad but i'm going for dune because so
0: i'm gonna call it right now dune does not meet expectations
1: i you know what i i I think I am hopefully optimistic on this one because I think um, they had Brian Herbert Hebert, whatever, the son of the author, very closely involved. I went and read the book, and he talked a lot about it in the afterword, and it sounds like they're doing a really good job. They're sticking very close to the book. I mean, it's got fucking Momoa in it. Oh, it's got Hello.
0: it's got Dave Bautista in it. It's got I, yeah, Zen, it's, Zendaya in it. It's got yeah, it's, it's got a huge cast. And it, no, I get that. I'm I,
1: hearing so much about it right now.
0: Well, so. well, I I saw the trailer. I I think it looks cool. I'm I'm gonna watch it. I'm not going to the theater to watch it uh, if if it's available via streaming. Um, but I just it'll think it'll be on HBO Max. Yeah. Okay, so I just don't. Uh, I am basing this partially off of how the the first the original did back in, what, the 80s?
1: Yeah, but Brian, Brian was trashing it in the afterward. Like, that was not the movie that needed to be made. Okay. So the fact that he's trashing the original, right. saying David Lynch's Dune was not good enough, we are doing it the right way this time, gives me a lot of hope.
0: I just think of Blade Runner 2049 when I think of this for some reason. Uh, Um, I love that movie I loved uh, I actually like 2049 better than the original Blade Runner I know that's fucking sacrilege To a lot of people out there And I don't really give two shits But uh, I thought it was a better movie I enjoyed the shit out of that film Nobody went to see it Nobody it, it was a huge, it, 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 for the amount of money they spent on it, it was not a box office success. Critically, I think it did sure. well, but uh, did not make any money. Um, speaking of um, R-rated movies, circling back, um, what is Dune rated? Do you know? Uh,
1: I'm looking right now. I don't know. I, I should, think it's probably going to be PG-13 probably.
0: I should look at these things. And uh, But you took me off on a tangent where my research did not go.
1: I don't know. I will I, I would assume it's due and it shouldn't be um it shouldn't be anything higher. It's PG thirteen. It'll be PG thirteen.
0: Okay, well that'll help its audience a, a smidge, but I, I just don't think I, I don't know. The the folks that are gonna be interested in this film are people like you and I and yeah. kind of our circle of friends that are sci-fi people that are are into these things. I'll be honest, but with nerds
1: you, are taking over the world. Let's be honest;
0: they are, and their money goes a long way at this point. But uh, uh, yeah, I just don't know uh, what it, what it's going to end up doing because you you need broad mainstream appeal for for these films to to do well now.
1: Yeah, but the Dune books and people have the beloved Dune books have been out for over 40, 50 almost fifty years now. And it still has a strong following.
0: I, yeah, there's a lot of books out there that have been, you know, made into movies that have been around for fifty plus years and have bombed terribly. I don't remember the I, look. I watched the the first Dune with Kyle McLaughlin, The whole, you know, the David Lynch one. I watched it. I think probably twice in my lifetime, and I was bored out of my mind.
1: I don't think I've watched it in its entirety. Yeah.
0: So, so I, I I'm still down. I'm still going to watch it. But uh, you know,
1: on HBO Max, not in the theater. Yeah,
0: no, I'm <laughs> I'm not going to the theaters yet. I, I nah, not for a while. Uh,
1: I, I figure in October, either everybody will be dead.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Something I I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit.
0: Tell me how you off tell me how you really the
1: COVID thing right now.
0: Tell me how you really feel. Jesus. <laughs> All right uh so anyways uh i i just i i hate this whole thing that uh free guy is like oh it's the savior of of the movie industry that you know people are gonna go back to theaters now and that's what it shows i'm like "Eh, it's fucking bullshit so well
1: and i didn't even hear about free guy that much so you're kind of surprised me because I didn't hear anything about the movie. Oh, you must know it was coming out or anything. I'm not living in
0: Iraq. Yes, you are. Because I'm not YouTube, uh, Facebook, every fucking thing that uh, is social media, every little bit of social media. I follow Ryan
1: Reynolds on
0: Twitter. (laughs) He's been so do I. He's been posting the fuck out of this movie. I don't know why
1: I missed it.
0: (laughs) fair enough that's all right that's all right so I'm gonna uh we're gonna kind of move into the uh kind of a continuation of the Scarlett Johansson lawsuit here um the movie studios are changing changing some shit up in light of this whole thing so Jason Momoa has negotiated a very large payout uh for Aquaman 2 I would
1: imagine he did so I think the basis of uh Johansson's um lawsuit is the fact that she was assured that they would only do box office and they wouldn't um, release on Disney plus 2 so they didn't renegotiate her t- contract and that's what she's fighting not the fact that it did both but it's she, the fact that she didn't have the chance to renegotiate
0: well she did get the she, all of the premium you know purchases that were made to watch Black Widow on on, on Disney plus she does get a cut of that as well so oh. I it, <laughs> Anyway, no, I understand.
1: It's still a lot of money to a very rich woman.
0: I'm sure it is. So, ba- but
1: congratulations to her.
0: <laughs> yeah, she had a baby, right? And they, yeah. she had a baby, what, yesterday or today or something like that. But yes, yes. her and Colin Jost, I'm sure, are very happy. Good for them. Gosh, I, I hope their baby doesn't starve because they didn't get that decent back end on uh, on uh, Black Widow. But basically, uh, Momoa, uh, if Aquaman two goes to streaming the uh, same day and day, you know, uh, release as the previous uh, couple of movies, um, he's going to get a huge payout. And this is a, And this movie is still eighteen months out from being released, so we don't even know if it's going to go to streaming. All of the you know uh warner brothers hbo blah 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 you know 2021 was going to be the year that they released all of their you know new films uh you know at the in the theaters and on streaming at the same time we don't know what 2022 is going to look like i
1: i to tell you the truth i don't think i think a lot of this is the new normal now and i think everybody's coming to realize that and um we are not going to go back to where they don't release on streaming and theaters ever. I, I, I don't think so. Um, for Disney properties, probably anything out of uh, Warner Brothers is HBO max, right? Yes. Yeah. I think those, at least those two, I don't think they're going to change up their business model because they are making too much money off the streaming thing. Right. They, they really are because you think about it, you know, you spend thirty dollars to buy it on Disney Plus. It is yours as long as you keep giving Disney Plus money month after month after month. I, it-
0: I yeah, I agree with that. I th- I think Disney Plus's model is a little more. Um, I don't want to say fair, but I have to say fair to the you know to the uh, you know the creative people, the actors, actresses, everybody else involved. Because yes, you're you are not just paying for the subscription, but you're also paying a- additional costs, you know, for these, um, you know, premium, uh, films that come out. So, uh, HBO maxes, I, I don't, you know, what is the, they're limit? probably going
1: to have to add in a premium. They, well, they
0: probably are. They, and
1: I, to tell you, it's just, I don't hate them for doing it.
0: I get it. And, and I'm happy to spend $30 to basically have the movie be mine, you know,
1: as long as you keep subscribing. Well,
0: I'll keep subscribing. So they're getting money out of that. But yeah, it, <laughs> I, I think going forward,, um, yeah, I think the premium model is gonna work. O- honestly, I would say first of the year, I mean, I, I who knows where the hell we're gonna be at with this whole pandemic shit. but uh, I, I I have a feeling that we're gonna go back to business as usual, which is gonna
1: suck. i I truly don't think we're ever going to go back to exactly as usual i think doordash is still going to continue to make a shit ton of money i don't think anybody's going to go into walmart anymore they're all going to do walmart pickup i think the whole not going into place getting things delivered is the future
0: well i think it's going to be a minority to be honest with you, I, given, given how people have completely refu- so many people have completely refused to comply with anything at this point, they're looking for every opportunity to go back to business as usual. I, I, I feel like that's going to be the way it goes, but I, I could be wrong. So kind of along in the same vein, uh, with the whole ScarJo thing. Um, I don't know if you were aware of this, but, uh, a Cruella sequel has been approved
1: no, I wasn't aware of it, but nope. that's awesome. I haven't watched the movie either, though.
0: So Emma Stone has signed on for the next one. Uh, she was uh, kind of on the fence about suing Disney as well. because. Oh, uh, I thought she had. No, she did not. And here's oh, okay. what she ended up doing. I, and I'm going to read this. Uh, Stone used Johansson's lawsuit to her advantage. By the way, this is from Screen Rant. Uh, Stone used Johansson's lawsuit to her advantage when it came to the Cruella 2 negotiations. She did not sue Disney, but instead forced the studio to acknowledge for the first time that it should have negotiated a buyout of her box office bonuses on the first Cruella, like Warner Brothers did for its 2021 movies. Before this, Disney was simply adding the at-home upcharge to the box office numbers. From there, Stone earned an eight-figure payment that she will receive regardless of whether Cruella 2 gets made. She would earn even more if the sequel moves forward. Additionally, Stone got Disney to drop its insistence that she take tiered bonuses and is instead poised to earn a more traditional back-end payment that includes a royalty on each at-home sale on streaming. So she basically got a pay-or-play deal that there is no play in it. She signed on at this point. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. No, she's going to get her money. So this this is this is the model that's going to be followed, while we if if we continue to do the the release schedule that that HBO and or Disney Plus has done. If you're going to release it in the theaters the same day you release it on streaming, these actors and actresses are going to get a fuck ton of money. 'Cause how it was back in the day is basically look, okay, you sign on for this. And sometimes there were pay or play deals. Nick Nick Cage with uh, you know, the Superman movie the Superman Forever movie that was supposed to be directed by Tim Burton. Nick Cage got a what, six six million dollars for doing nothing.
1: Oh really? I, yeah. Yeah. I he, never even heard about that, but you know me. You so don't I don't follow th- movies
0: th- like that. Be happy that you never knew about that. Uh Superman forever. Yeah. That's what it was called. Uh, anyways, but, uh, yeah, this, is, and then, you know, you would, these actors and actresses would end up getting, okay, we're going to give you per- percentage points on the back end of the film based on its box office earnings. That's out the window now, because of course, oh, the box office has been hurt by, you know, the, the restrictions and the streaming and everything else. So yeah, they're going to, they're going to make a fuck ton of money to sign on for anything. And, uh, hats off to Emma stone. Cause, uh, fuck dude she's going to get paid no matter what
1: well yeah but i mean it'll all equal out as this becomes the new normal so i figure
0: well i here's the thing though the first cruella its opening weekend was 21 million which remember folks is a fucking success or failure depending on what tag you have on your film whether you're a dceu film or or whatever um, but and i guess with a release in july sure that's successful but it, it it didn't make a fuck ton of money and if i remember correctly the reviews were kind of middling on it i i didn't watch it because i wasn't going to pay 30 bucks for that
1: i think what the reviews uh audience didn't like it as much as critics did i think is what i remember so, which was odd all, you all, know, because all, all
0: i know is dalmatians chased her mother off a cliff that's all i know that's that's it spoiler womp womp yeah <laughs> Uh, let's see a kind of a minor thing. Uh, the director of Shang Chi and the something of the 10 rings. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, he says that the movie will, will take place after Avengers Endgame. This will not be a prequel. Who cares? Moving on. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not excited for this movie. I, I'll be honest. I, I, However, it's probably going to bite me in the ass because I, I wasn't super excited about the first Guardians of the Galaxy. And, of course, that came out and, you know.
1: I don't know. The star seems pretty proud of it, though. So, I don't know. It's it's not like I'm not going to watch it. Everybody's going to go watch it. It's MCU. So. Well,
0: of course. And, and it's just the character of Shang-Chi, I, I, I could give two fucks about that. That character has been such a minor part of the comics. Uh, you know, he's, he's so yeah, go ahead. I,
1: I don't even know where he comes in. That is someone who works with Doctor Strange. No, is
0: that is no? well, he, I have no idea who
1: he is then. He's so, mo- another comic
0: person over the years. <laughs> he's been kind of most connected with the Heroes for Hire, and yes, he's part of that mystic Marvel, you know, universe, you know, that, that particular portion of it. But I, there was very little interest in this character until, of course, oh, we're making a movie out of him. And, of course, the other part of it is that the Ten Rings involved the Mandarin, the real Mandarin, not the one that was in Iron Man 3. So that's a big deal to a lot of fanboys. So I, I, I don't know. The The trailer has shown there, there was a, a quick clip of the Abomination in there, which is a Hulk villain. So they're going to tie some stuff in there, but... I'll be honest. I'm not super fucking excited for this movie.
1: But Uh, it's interesting because it's after Infinity War. And what if we had after Infinity War? The only things we've had is WandaVision and Falcon and Winter Soldier at this point,
0: right? Don't forget Spider-Man Far From Home. That was after, that was after, oh, I didn't watch in, that after, after Endgame. Both, all of that was after Endgame. So. Oh, okay. Well, well, well. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, let's see. I'm going to skip this one because you did not watch the Suicide Squad. Did you?
1: Not yet. Okay. I've listened to your, I've listened to your
0: episode or oh, a lot of it. Okay. Well, I'm going to, sk-
1: I can't be spoiled. You got to remember, I, I cannot I, be which spoiled. Which is
0: why I'm going to skip this whole thing. Cause okay. I, I respect you. Respect. <sighs> Whatever. There's no T in it. Um, (laughs) Here's one that I don't know how the fuck I didn't know this was going on, but there is a new Toxic Avenger movie being made. They're doing a reboot.
1: What's Toxic Avenger?
0: Jesus fucking
1: Christ. Oh, my God. (laughs) I am not a comic book fan. It's not a comic.
0: It's not a comic book. What is it? You have never seen the original Toxic Avenger? No. What is it? It is some campy fucking crazy shit that came. The first one came out in 1984, but the story is it's a, it's a dorky janitor who gets thrown into a bucket of toxic waste and comes out this deformed mutant superhero. It is super low budget. It is uh, schlocky as shit and it's from it's from the TraumaVerse, the trauma films which are there's several other trauma films that came out over many years uh sergeant kabuki nypd is one of them uh the other one is uh class of newcomb high um th- uh, these are all
1: it, it all sounds like this very very isolated sect of geekdom that i have no idea
0: about. okay folks all you trauma folks out there i need you to blast uh angie's uh social media what what's, oh don't you're
1: not uh, 08 on instagram or angie v crafts at on twitter
0: i need you to so. to explain to her the love <laughs> that we all have for trauma <laughs> films especially Toxie. so uh, but, it, okay, it, I
1: blame you because you never introduced me to it, and oh, you're the movie
0: buff in my yeah, life. Like it's my fucking fault, Jesus! It is your Christ. fucking fault. Well, anyways, the the new Toxic Avenger movie has wrapped principal photography, so they're they're all good to go. Uh, Lloyd Kaufman, who runs Trauma Films, confirmed that on Twitter. Uh, This is, fuck, this cast is not bad. Uh, Elijah Wood is going to be in it. Uh, Kevin Bacon, Peter Dinklage, and uh, Jacob Tremblay are all uh, signed That's not a bad cast at all. It's a really good fucking cast. Now I'm like, okay, I'm on board, I'll watch. Yeah, that's a really (laughs) good cast. Now, apparently Elijah Wood is playing the janitor character, and I can't remember the name right now, I know, uh, who's going to, turns into Toxie. Um, So, I would be curious to see if he actually becomes the Toxic Avenger, but uh, uh love that Peter Dinklage is in this. The last uh Toxic Avenger movie that came out was Citizen Toxie, which an amazing <laughs> film, by the way. It's so bad it's good. Uh it was released back in two thousand. So it's been twenty one years since we've had a sighting of the Toxic Avenger. It's, so.
1: it's all your fault because you never introduced me to them. Okay. I mean, we actually hung out in person back then. You never said anything about those movies to me.
0: Okay, well, uh, I will be sending you all of these things. Okay. I, I here's what I'm going to say: watch the first '84 Toxic Avenger' mm-hmm. movie. Two and three are, in my opinion, skippable. They're they're all right. They're they're just not as as funny as as the other one. Uh Citizen Toxie, which is the fourth one, is absolutely fantastic. Um James Gunn cut his teeth doing trauma films. Oh, really? Yes. He was okay. Uh, he, that he, actually he, has me interested. Okay, he wrote some of them. He I know he was a producer on some of them. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think he directed any of them, but this is where he gets his kind of weird sensibilities when it comes to his movies and his writing, because he was very much involved in in the, in the, the the trauma films.
1: I am on board. I just had never heard of them. So
0: that's fine. That's fine. So, all right. Uh, that's all I got. What do you got?
1: Um, big things for me this week is, uh, wheel of time, the TV series on Amazon coming out they just released the first look on entertainment weekly i am so excited about this series so 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 excited and they released a like um a photo of the cast and it was so awesome because i could identify just by the costuming and who each character was without really knowing any of them because rosamund pike is the only big name actor really in the series and I mean, she's not even that big name, but
0: uh, I'm so she, excited. She's fucking amazing, Amy. What are you talking about?
1: Uh, yes, I know. Come on. <laughs> but I mean, she's the only. She's the biggest name in the whole entire series. But I could look at the cast and identify every single character, having read all the books and stuff like that. And I'm just super excited about this. And I'm hoping we get a trailer soon. I need a trailer just to put me, tide me over till November. Okay. So that's my big entertainment news.
0: Cool. Can I ask a question? Yeah. What the fuck is Wheel of Time? I have (laughs) no idea what the hell that is. Help
1: me. Wheel of Time is a 14-book series written by Robert Jordan starting in, I think, the 80s, right after he did his Conan uh, books um and he wrote the wheel of time throughout his life he actually died in 2007 from a rare heart condition and brandon sanderson my absolute favorite author took over and wrote the last three books and it's a epic fantasy you know tolkien lord of the rings you know game of thrones stuff he's a contemporary of martin and but his books like huge world building and stuff and i i'm just super excited about the series
0: so is this kind of a a, a swords and sandals type of swords fantasy deal and magic okay yeah, totally.
1: okay but different you know where uh you know tolkien is very male centric and um game of Thrones has some questionable things about how it treats women in his book uh In uh, the wheel of time, it's a matriarchal society, so it also feels very of now. So I'm super excited about it. They've done a—it looks like they've done a really good job casting and stuff. And Rafe Judkins is the showrunner, and you know he's new to the scene, but I I just super excited.
0: So is I'm sorry if I wasn't paying attention. Is this going to be a movie? kind of series on seri- amazon so like it's going to be as
1: much they're dumping as much money as they're on wheel of time i think as they are as uh the new lord of the rings series
0: get the fuck out of dodge really
1: yeah they're filming in eastern europe it's just yeah it's just it looks like it's going to be game of thrones type production level well,
0: well we do need a replacement for game of thrones right kids
1: We absolutely do. And I'm excited about a series that I love so much. I mean, I was like a big Wheel of Time nerd back in the day. Like, I was on the forums and theory crafting with everybody about what was going to happen in the next book and stuff. So,
0: were you shipping? Were you shipping anybody?
1: No, I don't ship
0: that's ne- not my thing you don't thing. ship at all no
1: no i don't ship well okay. and also the main character ends up with three wives so there's no reason to ship
0: i've been <laughs> trying to ship uh tony stark and peter parker for years so it's not working out he's okay, dead tony stark is <laughs> dead how the fuck do i ship a corpse and a kid <laughs> this is I don't, I don't know what the fuck to do now anyways um okay Open so it, timeline yeah there you go what if <laughs> yeah so, okay. So this is something that I, I understand within your circles, you have, you you know, people that are into this. Yes. Okay. I've just never heard of it before and I'm kind of. You're not
1: st- an, you're not an epic fantasy reader either
0: though. Yeah, you're right. I give it And that. so, I mean. Wait, for- wait, wait, reading? Who read? I don't read anymore. <laughs> Yeah. I'll I'll audible something occasionally. Yeah,
1: but these are 14 books totaling over 2.5 million words. You're not going to audible. It's a year's worth of audible right there. Okay. Just to get through the series. I'm out. I mean, I'm out. out. I'm out. (laughs) Totally out. But I mean, it's just the world building was just fantastic in this kind of thing. And you can really feel that. And it's, you know, the weave will, so the wheel weaves as it will. So. I'm so excited!
0: All right, fair enough. I, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I, you know, okay. my, uh, let
1: me make a comparison. Okay, your, this is my MCU.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: So yeah, so that's where we are.
0: I was going to kind of give you some reference here uh, or perspective as far as my reading habits are concerned. I prior to seeing the Lord of the Rings films, I had never read the books. Yeah. And then I saw them, and I was like, "Holy fuck, these are awesome!" And then I tried to read the books, and I made it through the Hobbit, and and then you passed out. Yeah, I was cold every I, time you I, read five pages. Yes, yeah. I I was done. I have a, a very good friend of mine who actually read the Similarian and all of the other books, and I think you mean he, me. He, oh, you, you actually read it?
1: Oh yeah, I've read all that
0: stuff. Oh yeah. my god, I'm
1: he, I'm a big reader, though. You know, well you can actually see those are my sign books but i am a huge reader so i've read all of the lord of the rings and the similarian and i've read well i haven't read all of game of thrones because nah. I, yeah but i've read a lot of epic fantasy series and most almost all the books so
0: so for those of you wondering because this is not a visual medium um Angie, of course, is, you know, we're, we're talking through Zoom right now, and we've got her bookshelf sitting behind her, and there's lots of tomes of, of lovely books wrapped in mahogany. And uh, oh, there's the, only a few leather ones the, in the there. Leather bound books. Signed leather bound. Signed. Yep. Oh, fuck me. All right. Fair enough. All right. Well, uh, any other news you got?
1: Uh,. <laughs> other than COVID hmm. ex-husbands?
0: No. I don't want to talk about COVID tonight. Okay. I think I mentioned then it we enough. we are not going to talk about I cut my hair! Oh! Yes, that's you big did. big for me. It looks lovely. Just yeah, lovely. Yeah, that's it for me. Yeah. Alright, fuck it. Let's go to the movies. So, this week... Because it's Miss Angie, and we always do obscure films whenever she's on. We watched *The Concessionaires Must Die*. This is rated, and this took me forever to figure out. Rated PG, or re, it's rated thirteen plus, whatever the fuck that means. Uh, runtime one hour and thirty three minutes. Uh, synopsis on the brink of their beloved single screen independent movie theater being shut down forever. A misfit band of theater workers face the corporate evil foreclosure and the unthinkable having to decide what they want to be when and if they ever grow up concessionaires assemble. Yes, that's directly from, uh, IMDB. I had nothing to do with that. um, so the cast, uh, David Blue is Scott Frakes, Talia Tabin is Ashley, John M. Keating is John Dorn, uh, Zachy Rubenstein is Gabby, Sarah Sweet is Kira, Cosby Seringi is RJ, Kelly Eichenholz is Heather, David A. Cooper is Derek Fisk. And the only two people that who I knew who the fuck they were, Dan Loria, is Jack Fisk. Dan Loria was the dad on The Wonder Years. And then, of course, the legend, uh, Mr. Stan Lee, is uh, Grandpa Frakes. Uh, this was written by several people. Uh, John M. Keating, Sam McCoy, America Young, who is also the director. Um, she's got more acting credits than I could find actual directing credits. Um, of note, she will be doing the voice of Barbara Gordon in the upcoming Gotham Knights game. I don't know if you knew that or not.
1: No, I didn't know that about her.
0: Okay. Well, this, uh, this film does not exist as far as Rotten Tomatoes or box office mojo were concerned. Um, (laughs) I don't
1: think it was, I don't think it was, uh, theatrically released. So you're not going to get,
0: yeah, it was not, this was released on the internet only um, mm-hmm. It looked like it may have gotten a bit of a release in uh, in the UK, um, but if, there's no numbers to track on that. <sighs> All right. So Wait, before
1: you give your rating, I want to say the reason why I picked this movie. Um, hey,
0: please, please.
1: I actually have an online friendship with David Blue. I'm actually his moderator for not only his Discord but his Twitch. Uh, stream that he does. So I actually have some interactions with him. And through the interactions, I went back through his catalog. And I picked this movie for you because you were a projectionist in a movie theater. And I felt like, and a movie buff. And I think this movie is a love letter to movies and movie theaters. So uh that's why I picked it. So go ahead, break my heart.
0: No, I'm not going to break your heart. Um, okay. I and I do appreciate that. And by the way, I was an assistant manager slash projectionist. Okay. Okay. I didn't know about the assistant manager. God damn it! Get it, get it right, son of a bitch. Um. Okay. From a nostalgia standpoint, and all of the memories that this movie dredged up, I definitely a five out of five. All right. Mm -hmm. From a strictly entertainment value. I'm going to go kind of middle of the road here, three and a half out of five stars. What,
1: I think my rating for it would be four out of five. So, I, yeah, okay.
0: Totally. This was very much a, a kind of an amalgam of Clerks and uh, Empire Records. Those were the two films that really jumped out in my head while I was watching it. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the film. I, I'll say this. I did enjoy it. Is it the most, you know, technically sound film I've ever watched? Of course not, but most of these low budget comedies are not. Um, I love And I think
1: this was completely independent. I mean, like, oh, so independent.
0: 100%. Stan Lee was an executive producer or he one was, of the and producers. I gonna, and I was going to bring that up. Yes. So. He was a producer, so he did throw some of his money on this. Um, I thought David Blue was great.
1: Oh, yeah, he totally was. He, I mean, he, to tell you the truth, after having known him personally now for a while, he kind of, to a point, is Scott. He loves movies. As an actor, he loves movies. So I think that was easy. But, yeah.
0: And I, and I appreciate that about him. And then the guy that played uh, John, the the narrator who ended mm-hmm. up having the heart attack in the, in the film, I, I did enjoy him as well. Because I, I worked with a guy that was very much that person he didn't die of a heart attack thank god but uh right but no he was uh he, he kind of brought back some memories look i i don't uh i don't knock this film for you know the the quality of the acting i thought the story was interesting um i i like that independent feel i always have um i don't um it, it was, again, it, it's very much Clerks. Uh, you know, you, right. you go back and watch Clerks. Uh, it, the, has the movie aged well? Eh, it's okay. Yeah. Um, but I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan, and that is one of those formative films for me. And the is the acting great? No, it's not. It, it's really not. Clerks is... is you know, These guys were still... You know, Jason Muse and, and Kevin Smith were still kind of refining their craft at that point. But... I, you, you can't help, but love that film. And that's kind of the thing with this. I, it, mm-hmm. it, it took me back in time. So just for a little bit of, you know, uh, backstory here. Yes. Um, I was a, uh, an assistant manager and a projectionist for what was once act three theaters, which, uh, Regal cinemas bought out back in the day. And of course Regal is the big giant empire. Um, and uh, I worked for many years there, probably too many years. Uh, so th- it was a glorious time. I-, I loved working in a movie theater. That was the greatest job I've ever had. If only it fucking paid more, I would still be doing it. But I it's also, totally- but that was one of the great things about, you know, kind of showing when they're up in the projection booth. Those are the old fashioned projectors, the 35 millimeter reels. Those were the things I worked on. And as they said in the movie, at this point, it's ones and zeros. Everything is digital. Everything is kind of run on a timer. Um, there is no craft or art to that work anymore. So th- that was a great, you know, great kind of flashback to, to those days.
1: Yeah. One of my notes was uh did the projectors whenever you were in the the scenes where the they were up in the projection booth did it give you like this total nostalgia thing because i remember visiting you when you were up in the projection booth and you cut splicing and cutting films and getting them played and all that kind of stuff and i was like oh my god i remember seeing those
0: machines (laughs) i gotta be honest those projectors were not even platter projectors that they showed in the film those were much much older than Uh, a lot of projectors that were used around that time period those were the, the, those those weren't even Christie machines I know all you tech geeks are gonna go nuts out there that love film. Um, but yeah those 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 were real to real which uh, by the time I got on board with the whole industry th- those weren't even a thing anymore I mean I, I there were a couple times I operated them in, in various theaters but uh, no that that was a great flashback for me that that brought back a lot of memories um one of my favorite lines in the film is you know gabby is sitting there going well you know i don't pay you guys to stand around and it's like we work the concessions Uh, that's all we do here or something along those lines and this is total fucking truth that's what i'm being paid for (laughs) is to stand around
1: well i remember even as a projectionist you just stood around and waited for the movies and waited to see if something went wrong so um I just I loved it. I I think one thing we have to point out is that this movie is all about movie references every scene references a different movie, and some great movies, and so the actors are acting out a scene in the movie to express what they're going through in the movie it's kind of crazy how many movie references and I went through and I was starting to try to write them down I was like I gave up after like the first 20 minutes. Because it starts out with like a reference to the original Batman movie, I think it was. So.
0: Yes, it's it starts out with the the shooting of the Waynes, you know, after watching Zoro. and I got to give them credit; they got the details right of that whole thing. And of course, another part of the film that I really enjoyed is, of course, uh, the character of Scott, um, you know, regular at, the, at his comic shop there. So right. I, the, 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 there were a lot of parallels between that character and myself, you know, at the, at that period of time, um, right. you know, at that age. Uh, well,
1: and it's funny because yeah. Scott loves movies and comics. And it's just like, and so it was great.
0: That's me 100%. Here's, here's where this is not 100% accurate as far as the movie industry is concerned. There was always the one old guy. And the rest of the people that worked there were all in fucking high school. And that, that was always the indicator to me that I had been there way too fucking long because I was into my early 20s <laughs> before I got the hell out of there. And and basically, it's it, it reminds me of what McConaughey said in Dazed and Confused. The older I get, they stay the same age. And that's exactly <laughs> how it was at the movie theater, was that I was the old guy and we kept getting this recycled high school you know, oh yeah, structure. the high school
1: crowd. And the funny thing is, is that um oh, I just lost my train of thought.
0: How much? Oh, how much have you been drinking?
1: I uh, drunk check, check, check,
0: check, <laughs>
1: check, check. Or are you checked off feeling, at this point? I am feeling very good right now because I literally just lost my train of thought mid thought.
0: Well, that's unfortunate. I know. Yeah, that's it okay. Was actually,
1: it was probably something that would have been written down. For the ages, was it
0: insightful?
1: It was totally insightful. Oh
0: my god! All right, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, Um, but yeah, I, I it, it, I can more talk about <laughs> my days as a as a projectionist <laughs> than I can, you know, kind of talking about this movie. Yes, they make a shit ton of references. Uh, to various films, my my favorite is when he gets drugged by the evil corporate guy. And oh my god, up, I
1: was laughing my ass they, off. They
0: do this this kind of shift back and forth where you know they have him in in a a I I don't know I'd call a Halloween store Batman costume, but then uh, and he thinks he's Batman and his love interest is Catwoman. But then you flash to reality and he's got a popcorn bucket over his head and he's basically got a trash bag as a cape laughing my ass off on that i thought that was that was very funny here's my bitch about the movie i wish it would have been r-rated
1: oh yeah no well and i'm i find it funny that they didn't get a an r-rating just because of the gigantic and i do mean gigantic big black dildo
0: there was, there was a big there was a big black dildo it was like two film. feet long yeah
1: it's in there it's such a cup to the counter it's rocking like a metronome and i'm laughing my ass off
0: i would refer to that as the dark night
1: the dark oh that is a wonderful name it, it, for it It
0: was the dark night that thing was huge at that and the amount of drug use and the whole thing oh yeah Totally. I mean, there's a lot of drug use in this movie, but no. Well, they... I
1: think because it never actually hit the theaters, maybe it's a little bit more leeway on what they're doing. You know, it didn't have any bad language in it. That's one true thing. So Not what? Wh-
0: I don't think there was a shit in this movie. I don't. I don't think I, they ever said shit uh, or fuck I, or anything. Yeah, which again knocks about ten points off it right off the bat. Because you know me, <laughs> I love the potty mouth, the the oh, pro- the profanity.
1: It's a sign of intelligence.
0: Mm, <laughs> is it though? Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, we're just going to say yes. We'll we'll, we'll say yes. I mean, the plot was super hackneyed, Uh, you know, your, your basic, you know, old theater that, you know, second run films. And then of course there's the big cineplex opening up, you know, right across the street. It seemed like I couldn't tell the stock shots just (laughs) didn't really establish (laughs) their location. Um, and of course they're trying to figure everything out as as to how to save the theater we go back and forth there's a death involved in this where the the senior projectionist ends up you know dying it got a little dark at points
1: it, it did get a little dark but they did a proper fucking funeral
0: no the funeral was perfect and and i that's how i want my funeral to go just a very quick you know, uh, uh, conversation and, and speech and about ashes me. Ashes in a
1: film canister. Yes, I mean please. Yeah, please. Ashes in a film canister. Okay, got
0: you One hundred percent. I want my ashes in a film canister, and then The Irish Wake to follow. That's that's fine. <laughs> but no, I it, it was a cute movie, and and that's not to be demeaning towards it, or, or you know, uh, condescending tor- towards it in any way, shape, or form. I I did enjoy this movie very well, much.
1: Like I think it. it it accomplished what it meant to accomplish it was a movie about movies and classic movie theaters and the love of them and in telling a story about that and I I think it did exactly what it set out to do and I think too often movies try to be more than you know the basis of what they want to be and um that's why I really like this film so and yeah
0: no, I, I, agreed. Uh that that was the the fun of it. And and I'm right there. I watched this happen. I watched this happen. I I started working for Act 3 Theaters back in 1996. And I started out a, as a concessionaire with the little vest on and the bow tie and all of that shit and shoveling popcorn to, to assholes. I I had a great general manager that worked for us who was a complete fucking latch and i learned many many things from this person um and as time went on i i was able to go work up in the projection booth there were amazing things that i was privy to while up there you visited me many many times while i was up there you know that (laughs) it was a quote-unquote job Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, my my job was basically consistent of making sure that the uh, the projectors were strung up and loaded before the film started. You know, when when new films would open, I, I would uh, take... The, at this point, it was a platter system. Well, it wasn't a reel-to-reel deal. So I would be sitting there and uh, putting the films to get... You know, attaching everything and, you know, spinning it onto the platter. Yes, it's much like Fight Club. I could have spliced in... You know, porn films, if I would have had access to them, which I didn't. Here's the fun part, and Angie was privy to this many times, is we got to preview the film prior to its opening day. So we would get it in the night before, and this was before most of the midnight showing Type of stuff mm-hmm. we we really it, yeah didn't they didn't that. have midnight showings. No. We
1: actually got to do the midnight showings. So yes, was really
0: awesome. We we did. So it was the theater employees and of course the projectionist to make sure it was put together correctly. We would sit in that theater, get drunk as fuck, smoke cigarettes in the theater. Oh my god, it was a glorious fucking time. It, we we it had an wonderful. absolute blast. um Except for that night, I had to watch Titanic three times. Whoa. <laughs> I wasn't there for it. No, you I weren't. do you
1: remember. I watched. I think you and I watched the the prequel, the second prequel of Star Wars, at a midnight showing. That is, inco- I remember that. That is
0: incorrect. What? Incorrect. Nope. Nope. I wa- we wa- I watched the prequels at the theater, the megaplex that was built down the road from there. They got all the prequels. What you and I probably watched was the re-release of the original trilogy, because we got That's those. What we watched. That's what we watched. That's what we watched. Yes.
1: Oh yeah, because your theater was the sucky theater, and it didn't get the n- good stuff. N-
0: there were there were two theaters in town when when my place opened. There was one in the our da- the downtown area, which was a shithole, and then there was my theater, which was brand new and shiny for a while. And then they opened another, when when Regal bought out the whole fucking thing, then they built another, like, 16-plex up the road from us, which completely killed our business. So, basically, you had three fucking theaters in a, probably a five-mile, you know, span there. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the oldest one ended up being a casualty of the whole thing, but... I
1: don't even remember where it was.
0: It, it was... uh Okay. so we're all from I, i'm from puyallup washington folks so i'm gonna throw that out there so in puyallup it was in the downtown puyallup area down, oh that's a
1: bar now yeah is it a bar remember, it's, a, it's a country bar but it's actually turned into a gay country bar now so an a tractor supply place it's been split into a bar and a, a tractor supply
0: uh, wow that's an interesting dichotomy there's the track know, right I gotta come home. I, got, I gotta go back to the old hometown at some point you and do to come, some visiting. You need to come home and I, visit. I, I just tell because. you,
1: spin around. I
0: tell <laughs> you, but like I said, I was part of that whole corporate takeover shit. I mean, I, I was I was there when it went from Act Three, and it's not like Act Three was a small you know organization, but they were smaller. And then of course Regal, the giant, came in, and 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 bought out everything, and then it went corporate and went to dog shit at that point. I will say this: I made good money selling thirty-five uh, miller thirty-five millimeter movie trailers on eBay back in the day. Oh, I remember that. Oh yeah, I did good money off of that.
1: I remember you had a movie poster, like a uh, one of the posters that you put up in the windows or whatever the things. And I wanted it so bad. I don't even remember which one it was. And I was like, "Please give this one to me." And you're like, "No." And I actually, I think it was from the second Star Wars. It was the one where they're back-to-back, and I loved it so much, and you wouldn't give it to me. I was pissed. Still
0: have it. <sighs> I still you. have it. I still have all, all of the prequel posters. I still have all of them. I, I-
1: loved that one so much because of the artwork and just, oh, uh, I still love it. Yeah. So, hey.
0: That Josh? that was from Attack of the Clones. Yeah, no, you I'm you love I'm, me, right? I'm willing to take offers at this point. Go ahead and oh, throw, throw them out there. That's that's fine. The one the, the 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 best one that I got, the one that is of most value that I still have at this point, it is the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man poster. It's the two-sided okay. deal, but it's got Spider-Man's head kind of poking out and it's got the Twin Towers in it. And this oh, is the wow. one that was recalled after 9/11 and they stopped printing them at that point that one that is the the crown jewel of my collection at this point Mm -hmm. oh i I can imagine i mean i will never ever ever sell that poster ever well you shouldn't right you totally should should not so (laughs) but yes here we go walking down memory lane at this point uh but yeah i i I I enjoyed this movie for that aspect. Again, you got a guy that collects comics, you got a guy that works at a movie theater, um, you know, all all across the board. So I I did enjoy this movie. I was not upset by this.
1: I I enjoyed it too. It's just a fun movie to watch and it's just silly and just literally if you just like movies, I recommend actually watching it just to see all the recreations of all the different scenes i mean you've got star wars and i think buster or some charlie chaplin or chaplin charlie sorry.
0: charlie chaplin uh,
1: yes i've had a little bit to drink and just all kinds of stuff in it it's just really great
0: well uh, i i do appreciate you recommending this uh so i hope your friend uh, mr blue uh in, enjoys uh, our review of it you, you, I love that you informed me of this the day before that we recorded the show because I'm serious. Well, like, I
1: probably shouldn't have because it may have. Uh, it didn't bias you at all, right? It,
0: it really didn't. I, yeah, I, I didn't was think gonna. So. I, I was d- like, you're gonna give it whatever you're. I gonna judge. Give it. I judged the film on its merits, and and I did enjoy it uh, very much. Um, so no, I, I would recommend this to anybody who, uh, liked clerks or liked empire records or liked it, you know, any of those types of movies, or if you were a comic book fan back in the days, it, it's just, it's a nice throwback to a, a different time. And, yeah. and that's, that's, that's really why I, I think I enjoyed it more than anything else. It, uh, you know, I fuck, I don't even, I don't even write down when this was released.
1: Uh, it's to tell you the truth it's been it's been kind of like strung out as far as this release go it's i think 2017 is when it first uh came out but it didn't hit like um yeah 2017 when it was first released but it didn't actually hit international markets until this year it was like a big deal like just a couple of months ago uh Amazon released it to international markets Cause well, it's seriously independent film. I, I I don't know if you can get much more independent than
0: this. Well, one. yeah, no, absolutely, and this is definitely a throwback. I I mean, they're what what they're representing. To be perfectly honest, you know, with it being released in 2017, this is a, a, a definite throwback to like fuck the late 90s, mm-hmm. you know, early 2000s type of deal. Because I I don't think these theaters really exist anymore you know not
1: the grand is still there
0: is it really Uh, yes i
1: actually went by to visit my mom a few months ago uh before she retired and the grand was still there in tacoma so the grand theater which you and i used to go to see independent films at
0: yes yes (laughs) and then there was that one theater in, in in downtown puyallup there that used to show second run stuff i don't remember you, that you remember one. that one
1: no i don't remember that one i think that one's gone
0: yeah it's gone no it, it i i think it got ripped out of there uh prior to uh to my leaving town there and moving to oregon so yeah
1: yeah it's, it's so sad it is
0: sad it's it's kind of a it's a dying breed at this point and that's that's what sucks everything has gone digital everything is very much uh you know, an automated situation. I remember coming, the last time I visited Puyallup, I went to my old theater. You had one person working there. They were doing the tickets, the concessions, and the doing the projectionist job. And it's like, what the fuck? Unreal. Probably
1: still not making a profit.
0: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, at this point, I'm sure it's probably closed. But uh, I'm
1: actually interested in how they actually get movies now. Are they just downloaded off the internet? They just have a digital projection.
0: So, to the best of my understanding, there is a secure server that they use to download these films, and they Mm -hmm. pipe them directly into the projectors, and/or they download them into a device that goes into the projectors. And if there's any projectionists out there. Uh, that can correct me please by all means go ahead uh, because i know at one point i think a system got hacked back in the day so people were able to directly download the feed um but yes i i mean at this point i i don't know what a projectionist would do because there's no film stock that you have to deal with at this point maybe it's just making sure that the lighting is set properly or, or whatever the case may be um i haven't but-
1: been to a couple movies lately i don't think there's even anybody up in the booth because shit goes wrong and it takes like 20 minutes for anybody to figure out
0: yeah because at this point i mean you could seriously you know you you could you could fuck in the middle of the theater and no one would know that was part of the projectionist job was to make sure that nobody was fucking in the theater because you could see everything
1: oh yeah i remember looking down out of the because they had multiple windows that looked down and you could see Yes, actually, that was one part of the movie. Where there... Oh, that was a funny scene. But anyways,
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, that's where, where yes, where they do the, the there's a couple that comes in, they're already making out when they buy the tickets. And then they cut co- they go into the theater and every, they're continuing to make out and damn near mounting each other. And uh, of course, uh, they—not of course—but uh, they take a, the the employees take a very interesting route with that, where they grab a bunch of cans of silly string and decide to blast these people, you know, while they're making out in the theater. Here, here's the part that's inaccurate about that. There was like yeah. twenty fucking people in the theater at that point, and they were seated like right in the middle of of. Uh of the theater itself that's that's not how it works you you see you you, always sit in the back you sit in the back you sit up against the wall the farthest you know seats in the back uh, that you could best
1: best place for handies
0: yes because most of the time you as the projectionist i couldn't see exactly you know right down beneath me at that point so i knew that i'm gonna (laughs) nail them for inaccuracy on that god damn it that's not right that's not right (laughs) That's not right. i
1: love the fact that it was a big ass movie theater i think the last movie i saw in a theater where it sat hundreds as opposed to now these theaters seat 100 150 was i think independence day when it originally released on fourth of july
0: oh my god and i remember I, that
1: i i went with were you there
0: I don't know. Did you go with me? Because John we. John
1: and Jason.
0: Oh. It was my...
1: John and Jason and me, at least. We went. Anyways, to... we all went and we saw it at this mega theater where they may have sat 500, 600 people. And I remember it being the best thing ever because that many people caught up in a movie on a movie on 4th of July about Independence Day. It was. There is something to be said that has been lost. Where you get that many people all swept up in a movie, and all experiencing all those emotions together—that I think we've kind of lost.
0: Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to that. So I remember seeing Independence Day in Tacoma.
1: Yeah, we were Federal Way, So
0: okay, so it wasn't me with you, but it yet, wasn't
1: you, but it was yeah, all our friends. But <laughs> we saw July.
0: We whoever I went with, we saw it on July third.
1: No, I saw it on July fourth.
0: Okay, but yeah. yes, packed house. I, I, and I still love this. I love the energy of people when, when. I love going to a theater with a packed house. That is, that right. is. There's nothing better. Um, yeah. I, I, the last film I saw, you know, with a packed house, of course, was Avengers Endgame, and that was a religious experience because watching people react to things, just you know, the, the, of course, the the end battle. Tears come down your eyes because of how, how the, you know, the audience screaming the, just what's going on on the screen, everything else. I mean, there's, there's nothing better than that particular experience. And yes, we're, we're losing that at this point. We're absolutely losing losing that. that.
1: I think the last one I saw with the packed house was uh, me and my friend Mel go to every star Wars movie in a theater opening I mean not midnight preview or no maybe kind of midnight preview the one that's at six o'clock on Thursday we go to the first showing of every Star Wars movie and it's something different than just going to a regular movie theater when you're in there and you're with the fans and everybody's along that ride with you it's a magical feeling I love it
0: no, it's, it's, there's nothing better. No, I, I don't disagree. And I I know a lot of people that, you know, oh, there's too many people at the theater. I'm, I'm sorry, that's my favorite aspect of it. When you have people, you have a shit ton of folks in the theater and you have them actually reacting to what's going on. You have a little whoop, you have people clapping, you have, you know, people just in, interacting with the film in general. That's, I, I, I love that. I fucking love that. Right. And And I think
1: that's something we've lost generally in society. I think historically that has been something that's been there that we've kind of lost because people used to feel that. I think during years, hundreds of years ago when they mm. watched a performer (laughs) perform, perform and that kind of stuff, you know, Oh, you're laughing at me. I
0: I was going to say a hundred years ago, the last time we saw a movie in the theater,
1: But before theaters, even like with people putting on a play or that kind of stuff, we miss out on that audience interaction, you know, concerts you go to nowadays, everything is already all pre-programmed. They don't even have to like change up the music or any of that kind of stuff. There's no feedback kind of, I don't know, it's just weird.
0: No, I'm I'm right there with you. And I love that you refer to Star Wars in there because I remember going to see, you know, The Force Awakens, you know, Thursday night preview, the whole thing. Everybody was psyched, jacked up on cocaine, whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, You know, great response, crowd went. And then, of course, you get to The Last Jedi, not so enthusiastic, and then you've got The Rise of Skywalker where I think people were openly booing the film. So Actually,
1: I had the exact opposite of was actually in a theater that you used to manage what? where we had a ton of people in costume at the theater and everybody applauded at the end. They were all cheering. They were having a great time. There was a giveaway beforehand that was all fan run. That's the crazy thing. The theater had nothing to do with it. There was a fan run thing and it was awesome because we're still getting that experience.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Rise the Skywalker people were cheering. Yes. Okay. I have no faith in in the city of Pula. But it was anymore. because
1: of the, I, I don't know if it was because of the quality of the film as much as the quality of the audience experience being all there together.
0: No, you're right. It, 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 when you when you all go in a group, especially when you go opening night, it, it's it really kind of skews the experience because there's so much energy. People are having such a good time. Um, I, I know one of the, uh, you know, one of the podcasts that I enjoy pop culture leftovers, check them out. I I know that their host is, is watching or watch Shang Chi tonight. He got to go to a sneak preview of it. And I'm sure shit was all fucking off the chain for that. You know, everything else. Now, luckily he's professional enough to where he could probably you know, he can watch the film and actually critique it in a, in a sufficient and professional manner. Um, but yeah, it has an effect crowd reaction and Uh, and the energy in the theater has an effect. uh,
1: The energy around you as you watch a performance of any kind movie or concert or even art affects how you relate to it. And I think, being there and in that kind of crowd makes you enjoy it more. I mean, like, I haven't watched Rise of Skywalker since I saw it in the theater, to be honest. But I like the movie because I was in there. Everybody's ooing, awing, you know, the whole thing at the end with the emperor and I'm your grandfather and all that shit. Everybody's, oh, kind of thing. That was awesome. Even though, I mean, it's kind of lame now but it was awesome at the time so that taints my view of it as far as i had such a good time watching it with all these people who were bought it
0: well i i only get got excited every time finn screamed ray (laughs) yeah that was that was the only time i got you know Excited right. about the film, but we're not going to talk about Rise of Skywalker because I'll go, <laughs> I'll go off on a rant there. But no, I agree with you when you when you're there, opening night, packed house, it it, it changes the experience. Absolutely. A- absolutely, it it does. So, um, but yes, again, we'll circle back to the actual movie we're talking about. Because we haven't really talked about much about it, but uh, yes, it, it really stoked, uh, it pushed the nostalgia buttons with me, brought back a lot of memories, um, definitely a, a time of innocence and debauchery and uh, everything else, because there were things that went on in that projection booth that I will not ever speak of, no matter how many drinks you put into me.
1: None of them involving me.
0: Nope. 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 We'll go ahead and uh, I will deny everything.
1: I will deny everything. Confirm. Anyways, So a question about the movie. Did you fall out of your chair when Stanley showed up? I don't know how much research I, you did
0: beforehand.
1: Here's,
0: here's the thing. They, they put him in the trailer. Oh, so
1: oh I, you watched the yeah, trailer you Yeah, I watched, watched the, watch the trailer
0: before it because when you suggest this movie, I'm like, oh, what the fuck is she suggesting now? <laughs> Jesus Christ. So I watched the trailer. So I knew he was going to be there. But to right. be honest with you, I, yes, I am shocked that he involved himself in this i i'm even more shocked he was a producer in this
1: I, I and i don't know i haven't heard why he did but i love the fact that he was and he actually had an actual speaking part and it wasn't just like a marvel like cameo he actually had a part of the movie which i thought was awesome
0: well i think i he, he might mu- somebody must have known somebody or they wrote a very good impassioned letter to him or, or whatever oh, the I'm case sure was probably america knew him somebody Maybe. somebody had to have fucking known him to get him on board i I would love to get scott blue or what's his name jesus not david scott blue. blue i would love to get david blue on here just to to have him break this down because uh <laughs> yeah I, I i would love to know how they got stan lee you I know, will work on that. Okay. You know him. You're connected. Get after yeah. it. Uh, but but yes, that was, uh, you know, one of the things I'm sitting there while I'm watching this. There's a scene where, of course, the character of Scott um, sells his Silver Age comic books to save the theater. And they're sitting there, oh, you have a first appearance of Spider-Man. Dude, he could retire off of just having that particular issue. That's amazing fantasy number 15. Right. It's not just save it's not just saving the fucking theater. Dude could have retired off of it. So Yeah. Yeah. So one thing I got to talk about, there's this scene, of course, where you have the character RJ in the bear suit. And I've got to be honest, that was one of the funniest scenes in the movies. And I'll do the setup here is basically um, in an attempt to make uh, money for the theater. They set up this deal where uh, people can fight a bear for 20 bucks a pop. And it's basically the concessionaire RJ in a bear suit while they're beating him up. And the funniest line in the whole thing, of course, is, you know, is this racist? Because RJ is an African-American. But (laughs) it's just that was probably one of the funniest moments in the movie. I fucking cracked up. Yeah. That was was funny. The guy that played RJ couldn't act his way out of a nutsack, but um, I, I, that particular scene, (laughs) that was, that was good writing. (laughs) That, that that was, that was a good, good little bit there. I I thought that was pretty funny. And that's the thing. I, I thought they had some great bits, you know, throughout the film. It wasn't anything that had me slapping my knee where I'm laughing so hard. I'm, you know, my drinks coming out of my nose and bear in mind, I had a couple of drinks before I watched this. I'm, I'm going to say right. that right now. Cause you told me to, right? I totally did. Yes, you did. Um, but the, yeah, that was one of those scenes where I was laughing pretty hard. That and the Batman, you know, Oh God. The, yeah. The, the Batman
1: whole... thing. Um, yeah, those were the two funniest ones where it's <laughs> the me. And I, I think the one thing about this movie is it has beats like, things that make you like chuckle every few minutes, but not like you completely just fall out of your chair laughing.
0: Right. It, it's kind of, I'm not going to say it's mad, but it's kind of a, a, a very mellow, you know, kind of laugh type thing. The, 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 pace got killed when <laughs> the projectionist died. That's, That's true. the pace really got hit really fucking hard with this movie because up to that point, it was moving along pretty well. Right. Um, I, I will critique it in the sense that for a 90-minute movie, it seemed a lot longer than that. I could, Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, that was kind of one of the issues I had with it. But I, overall, I, watch it. Look, if you're a film buff, if you've ever worked in a movie theater, uh, if you're familiar with the industry at all or any of the mechanics behind you know projectionists and you know 35 millimeter films anything like that watch this movie it's fun it's free go find it on plex um and and i think they'll enjoy it so angie you have any final thoughts on this one not really (laughs) well thanks for the input jesus i love you <laughs> <laughs> awkward alright well I, all I i have to say <laughs> i appreciate the recommendation uh th- this is one i i like this much better than the east much i think be- you fell asleep during the east i kind of did i i slept mm. through the middle portion of it and kind of pieced together what happened so uh but yes uh the concessionaires must die Great walk down memory lane for me. I think a lot of people that are comic fans, movie fans in general, will enjoy this movie. So, absolutely, it's all I got. All right. <laughs>
1: Hey, you want to get doomed? I'm Tessa. And I'm Nicole. And we have a spanking new podcast for your ear holes called Doom Generation. Listen in as two foul-mouthed biddies have an always casual, often comedic... What? I think we're funny. ...and sometimes chaotic conversation about the things that doomed us to be who we are today. Take a trip with us down nostalgia lane and we'll try not to veer off the road. Available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Doom Generation Pod, and on Twitter at DoomGenPod. Later,
0: Doomers! Well, I don't know about you, Miss Angie, but uh, I think it's uh, time we get into a little bit of therapy. What do you think?
1: Sounds great!
0: Throughout the course of our episodes, our demented conversations provide snack-sized peeks into our innermost thoughts. It's easy to see how many of our listeners could look upon us as sick, twisted, and damaged adults. But what if there's more to us than our glib comments, sarcasm, and inappropriate humor? What if we stared directly into the void for a focused view into the mouth of madness within our souls to study the psychological pathology that informs our behavior? Well, we did just that for a segment I like to call Therapy Time. I'm still a piece of garbage. Yes, Therapy Time. This week, I'm going to get on the couch... And talk about the fact that I fucking hate my life right now. Um, so for me this week on Therapy Time, um, I my depression is raging out of control right now. Same. Uh, I am not uh, finding joy in anything that I'm doing right now. And uh, my vices are kind of taking the place of and or attempting to and. In- create said joy and I'm concerned Mm -hmm. I'm concerned um you know the podcast I still enjoy doing the show here uh, but it seems like everything else I'm not uh I'm not having fun right now and I don't know how to fix that as uh someone that suffers from depression um do you have any thoughts Angie
1: a couple (laughs) um you're still functioning though I mean you go to work and all that kind of stuff I I suffer from depression too so it's really hard and mine's kind of out of control right now too so um what is do you know what your depression triggers are because I know what mine are but do you know what triggers your depression to kind of crop up
0: all kinds of things. Time of year, the date, the... Uh, y- usually it's around my birthday that I get really bad, but we're well beyond that. Uh, I, I was like, point. we're on
1: the other side of the year from that. Yes,
0: we are. We're, we're <laughs> well on the other side of the year from that. I don't know. It's just we're, we're in such a weird time right now where uh. up is down, left is right, and there's no... Um, consistency to our lives right now. I, I'm used to obstacles being thrown in there and shit getting weird, but uh, you know, 2020 and 2021 have proven to be uh, just fucking whacked out at this point. So, as far as to answer your question, um, my triggers right now um, are unknown.
1: Yeah, and and that makes it really hard because I know. For me, I know one of my triggers is loneliness. I am a single woman with one child, and he goes away from me, and then I get lonely. And I know that for me, I schedule things to take place when I would usually get depressed to to do that. But I also know very well what my trigger is. I'm very much an extrovert. I have to be around people, and I have to feel that sense of connection. And so I know to schedule things around it. Um, As far as for you, it's if you don't know what your triggers are or it's just really hard. Um, Let me think. I'm I'm thinking I'm trying to think of something, you know, other that leaning into what makes you happy, even though you don't necessarily want to do it putting yourself in a place that does um, something that brings you joy or finding something new that brings you joy. I think it's kind of a suggestion. Um, I know a lot of times my depression, I get into my head really bad. So I find something that takes me out of my head, meditative type, repetitive things, which is so such a girl thing like coloring or doing other kind of crafts like that.
0: Um, um, excuse me. Um, I actually enjoy doing the coloring. The, the littlest and I, mm-hmm. um, actually I, I bought a, a coloring book that had a lot of, uh, Jack Kirby marble, Marvel, marble Jesus, Marvel, <laughs> Marvel, you know, characters in it. And I, I did enjoy doing that, but, uh, Kind of enjoyed doing it I, I, I don't right. know it, it's,
1: But you were also doing it with your daughter right
0: Yes and that helps
1: Which is, it's, But it's harder to get in a meditative state If you are Doing it with someone else There's some kind of interaction
0: Well, um, well yeah so, I had a lot of questions I had to answer Exactly <laughs> So it's
1: hard to get into that meditative state I, You know the Therapists would tell me to go for a walk Or to work out <laughs> or I know, right? I laugh too. <laughs> but I, um, I I don't know. You know, it. I think in some ways it's easier for me because I do know my trigger. You know, so that I can avoid that trigger or schedule things so I avoid that trigger. Um, laying off the alcohol. Boo. You know i know right um that kind
0: of thing well Um, and it's not like i'm i'm drinking constantly to get hammered i I, I, but i I, go ahead yeah go ahead
1: i and i totally understand that but a night of drinking can cause a depressive mood the next day
0: oh i i'm sure it can you know what's funny it 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 jacks my anxiety up yeah a ton
1: yeah
0: totally um those are the the in all honesty, that's the worst part of the hangover for me is the anxiety I feel for the rest of the day because I'm freaking out about shit that I normally would not freak out about.
1: Depression totally flatlines you. And then also depression makes you not want to do the things that make you feel better. Like, you know, what is going to make you feel better. And sometimes depression kind of convinces you not to do it.
0: Is depression an enabler?
1: yes Son i mean of a bitch. it totally is i mean i get really depressed i don't want to take my medication make me feel better i don't want to get on my bed make me feel better take a shower make me feel better and it, it sucks because depression tries to keep you depressed it's like it's what's so insidious about it
0: depression is a piece of shit
1: yes it is i still and get I,
0: i'll still get in the shower though
1: There's that. Well, that's good. I mean, I'm pretty good about that. But I'm also in my house by myself. No, hey, hey, hey.
0: Hygiene (laughs) is important at least once a day. You got to do it once a day.
1: I forget. You're like a a two-time-a-day shower No,
0: I'm typically a a two-time-a-day guy. And it has to be me being really super fucking lazy. Like today, I had the little one. I was at home with her all day. Yep, it was about 11.30 before I got into the shower. I didn't really want to get out of my jammies at that point. Uh, but um, no, I, I, did, uh, I did bathe. Uh, the stench went away. And uh, that's important to me. You well, gotta-
1: and a lot of people say with depression, just make one goal to accomplish the day or to accomplish <laughs> each day in order to help with it. It depends on how bad your depression is, though. So.
0: Hello self. I'm looking at you in the mirror. You look middle-aged today, and uh our goal today is to not fucking kill ourselves. Okay, cool. We can do that. That's the bar. Okay, that's worrisome. That's that's the bar. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I'm not I'm not that low, but it's it's today. It's hey Josh, we're gonna feel something today. I don't know what it is, but something.
1: I sometimes my goals are uh, spend thirty minutes cleaning up my garage. <laughs> So it's like, um, sometimes my goals are cleaning up the environment around me, if that makes any Ew, sense. because
0: Gross. You do dishes, don't you?
1: I do. Yeah. I do. But I, that's something that really bothers me too. But also, like, sometimes it's schedule a game night to have all my friends over.
0: See, I have
1: as something to look forward to.
0: See, and that's the thing, though. I, I can't look forward to that because I, I don't have people over to my house. I, I have a sealed environment. I have a, a little one at home that's not vaccinated at this point. So mm-hmm. I have to. I am still on lockdown. And so I can't look for, I don't have those. The only thing I have to look forward to is sitting in a studio talking to somebody via zoom or whatever, you know, right. That's all I've got.
1: So set up a online happy hour. Okay. Outside of this. Okay. With your friends or something like that. If you're doing it, I, to tell you the truth, I have been making actively making a balanced decision to go out and be with people because i know that loneliness and not being around people affects my depression and i think that is a higher risk than sometimes um getting covid to be honest with you i have to make that choice to go out and be around people but i'm also extreme extrovert you know um where i really feed into being around people and i I'm actively making that choice to go out and be around people, you know, but I'm also in a different situation where I'm single and I have a son who's fully vaccinated and I'm fully vaccinated. So I, I have a little bit more leeway there.
0: You do. You definitely do. You do. Yeah. Lucky
1: you. Lucky me, but also my depression is triggered by loneliness so lucky me i'm single
0: no i'm with (laughs) you i i'm with you i i do like being around people
1: i i noticed that talking on the phone to people gets me part of the way there so i highly recommend set up online zoom fucking happy hours
0: i have to go through my facebook list of friends and see if i can find anybody i actually want to talk to so there's that
1: you can talk to me I'll be there for
0: it. I do talk to you. That's true. I do talk to you. And to be honest, you're getting kind of dull. I'm not going to lie. You know, it's. Fuck you. Fuck you. And the horse met it. (laughs) There's a horse? Where? (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's your turn to get on the couch. What can I do for you?
1: Okay. So, and this is kind of therapy time. So, I have depression. And it's a major symptom of my multiple sclerosis. So I have MS. I got diagnosed back in 2018. And it's something me and my neurologists have been struggling with how to control. So she referred me to a psychiatrist who, as part of getting the psychiatrist services, and a psychiatrist is necessary because I'm on a lot of different other drugs to control my MS. I have to go to therapy. Like, and so they finally got me set up with this therapist and I swear to God, it was one of the worst experiences I've ever had. It was completely clinical. We spent half the session with me answering questions on a scale of one to 10 of whether I'm suicidal. And I have never, ever been suicidal. And I'm very honest with Everybody, all my mental health professionals, as are all my doctors and stuff, because there's no reason to hide anything. And I kind of am like at the point where it was so clinical and it was all zero to 10 rating stuff. There was not even she didn't even ask me who else was in the house with me or if I had a son or what his name was or anything. It was literally rate this on a a scale of zero to four everything and i just don't know what to do with it because it's like visiting with this therapist who's supposed to help me made me feel like i was a crazy person when i'm just someone who has a clinical reason why i am depressed like literally i have lesions in my brain and I don't know. It just really upset
0: me. So is it much akin to like, whenever you get a new therapist, there's always the get to know you phase. Was that kind of what happened here or was it? No, there was
1: no get to know you. It was literally, hi, this is my credentials. Give me on a scale of zero to four. Have you ever had thoughts of killing yourself? So It literally went to that. It was never tell me about yourself. There was no, tell me about yourself.
0: So they basically did the thing where every time you have a visit, they hand you that worksheet where it's the the one to 10 scale with, you know, the, the very specific questions on there. And that was the extent of it.
1: That was the extent of it. Wow. I mean, and literally she's like, well, at the end of the sessions, I have to ask you on a scale of zero to four, how depressed are you? And I was just like, it was, it was, and I get the feeling that this therapist is only used to working in mental health facilities and was treating me like one of her mental health facility clients. And I was just like, I'm a normal person, I'm functional, I go to work, I'm being very honest with you. I have depression, but it's also part of my, you know. Chronic illness that I have.
0: Well, you're, and func- you're treating
1: me like I need to be in an asylum, right? If you're, that makes sense.
0: you're you're functional, and this uh,
1: oh, absolutely, functional. yes. And
0: this person looked at it as as just you being a, a statistic more than anything.
1: I well, and it's like I don't understand how anybody expects anybody to get anything out of this mandated therapy because I I have to see. A therapist in order to continue to receive psychiatric stuff because and to help with the drug interactions and that's the crazy thing it's more I'm going to a psychiatrist because you know uh to deal with the depression there's a whole bunch of drugs and all this kind of stuff plus I'm already on drugs and that kind of stuff so it's been very interesting and I'm just like should I just ask for a different therapist who actually I can connect to? Yes. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe give them one more session because the, the first one is always the get to know you bullshit. They go through their checklist and everything else. And and I always give them at least one more session at that point to open up and warm up a little bit and uh, try to attempt to connect Right. um but yeah if within two sessions in they're just not if they're approaching you with the textbook then fuck that i'm 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 not into yeah. that at all
1: and i guess another thing is is that she absolutely knew nothing about ms and that kind of disturbed me what? like she knew nothing about it and it was kind of like and I, and she kept asking me questions so i was like dumbass you know this doesn't make any sense you know because I've had MS and I told her this I was like I'm pretty sure I had MS since I was a teenager so a lot of times I can't separate the MS symptoms from other symptoms because I've lived literally lived with this for over 20 years can you think of you know sometimes having to separate things that you've lived with for 20 what is normal you know what I mean after living with something for 20 years.
0: Well, you don't, it's all about you personally have to find a baseline.
1: Yeah. I mean, and it, it's hard finding a baseline when you've only been diagnosed in the last three years of something you've probably had for over 20 years. So,
0: so, um, so if I asked you right now, what's your baseline? would you have an answer to that? And I don't want the answer. I'm just saying, would you have an answer to that at this point?
1: Kind of, but not necessarily.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. And it's tough. And
0: Well, I'm sure there's a metrics that you're judging yourself by at this point. Right. And I,
1: I have also been a person who's kind of like pull myself up from my bootstraps and just forge on no matter what, you know, how much, Pain or, uh, you know, I'm never above a scale of, on a scale of zero to 10, I never get above a four, even after I've had organs ripped out of my body.
0: Well, there's, there's that, that, that one to to 10 scale is so arbitrary at times, even, even though it's a, it's a defined, you know, metric that they're trying to, to go with. It's, it's, it's all about you know, your own particular interpretation of it where, you right. know, something that's a that's a 10 for you, they, they look at it, oh, it's really a four and everything else. It's or like,
1: for me, I think it's what is a four for me, it, like on the pain scale, it's probably an eight or nine for someone else. Right. right? Because,
0: and I yeah. was just about to make that comparison because, you know, you they, they do that pain scale in the doctor's office and, um, you know, the wife works in the medical industry and always – you know, if somebody says it's a 10, a 10 is basically you cannot move and you're screaming and dying and everything's agony. And so many people go, well, I'm a nine. And they say that without being doubled over and dying,
1: uh-huh. you know?
0: So it's, it's always, I, I hate those number skills. I hate them. It's, right. it's not, how do you feel one through 10? It's just, how do you feel? That's right. what, that's what we should be focusing on. Right. And it sounds to me that this uh, 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 cock bag, that's the best way I can describe this person, <laughs> um, clearly forgot uh, that uh, the human aspect of this entire thing and tried to break you down into a number. And that's Well, I, dog shit. I, I think
1: that's what I think caused me the most consternation is I don't feel like she ever saw me as anything other than a client, if i <sighs> if that makes any sense, or a patient. And I was like, hey, I'm a person. How am I supposed to open up to you and work through issues if you can't even see me as a person?
0: That's true. That's true. Well, here's my advice as your licensed professional therapist (laughs) and and attorney. One more shot. One One more shot. shot. And you know the things that you are saying to me as far as your concerns and that you're unhappy with? Yeah, Bring them up to that person. Let's go look. That's hey, true. I felt like a fucking statistic last time I talked to you. So what are we going to do about that?
1: Right. Because hey. I don't feel like I can do any work with you if I can't dig into my issues, if there's no connection there.
0: Goddamn right. There has,
1: and there has to be a level of trust oh, with your fucking A,
0: dude. You know how many goddamn therapists I've been through before I got to one that I actually enjoy talking to that I feel like I have a connection with that gets it?
1: Yeah,
0: you know, that 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 takes I mean, we those of us that have dealt with mental health issues through the course of our most of our adult lives, we go through a lot of these people, we go through as many therapists as we do different medications. (laughs) Let's be real. And I at this point, if I ever had to audition a new one again, because it's an audition, in my opinion, I'm auditioning this person. Um, I ask them the hard questions. I make things uncomfortable.
1: Oh really? Oh, and, and, oh okay.
0: fucking AI do. Fucking AI do.
1: I didn't feel like I had that opportunity.
0: No, nope. I take that. I, I will I will take that shot because I want this person to be um, unruffled by what I say. Because if they can handle whatever um, awkwardness I can throw in their direction, then there's somebody that I can talk to and somebody I can get along with. Now I'm not going to say what my kind of litmus test question is to these folks, because it's really bad.
1: Oh man. I'll
0: tell you off air, but okay, <laughs> um, it's one that, that tends to throw them for a spin. And and, it, and it's, it's a question that has um, kind of
1: morally r- flexible. Implications. Well, it's, it's
0: pretty fucking bad, but, It's uh, it's one of those that you know if they're they're in for the ride or if you bucked them off at that point. So, but yeah, but yeah, challenge them, throw them out, be right out the gate. Just go look, motherfucker. If we're gonna do this, we need to do we need to go balls deep in this whole deal. And if you ain't along for the ride, then I need I need to to move on to a second opinion here.
1: Thank you for your advice. I feel like. You are my own little personal therapist, on on top of my real therapist.
0: <laughs> well, you understand that's as far as I can go, right there. That's the best advice I can give you. Everything else beyond that, I suck at. So,
1: okay, uh, I guess I'll just have to take it.
0: Go forth and kill. <laughs> go forth and kill. Woohoo! All right. Well, fuck. That was depressing. Let's talk about something fun, shall we?
1: <laughs> it sounds good. Is
0: it a thing? Mm. All right, this is the thing. So, you know, the past several episodes, I have stayed away from the fetishes and the paraphilia and everything else. And I want to get back to sexy time. Okay. Because we a haven't sexy had a chance to do that. So, I found a fetish and it's something that um, I have seen a few times. So, do you know what capnolagnia is?
1: No, and I'm not able to parse the
0: Latin on that one. Either. It's hard. I know. It threw me off, too. That is the smoking fetishism. Really? It's a sexual fetish based on the pulmonary consumption slash smoking of tobacco, most often via cigarettes, cigars, and pipes and hookahs to some extent. As a fetish, its mechanisms regard sexual arousal from the observation or imagination of a person smoking, sometimes including oneself self.
1: <laughs> so it ha- is people who get off on watching other people or themselves smoke.
0: That is correct. That is correct. And I have That
1: must be big in the Middle East.
0: No, I have come across this in okay. in my searches through the the interwebs. Um I have found several videos and this was not this was prior to me stumbling upon this particular uh fetish. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, there was one, it was, I don't know you you call it an amateur, whatever, but I was watching it. And for whatever reason, this woman kept a fucking lit cigarette going the entire time through the whole thing. And it was, it, it, it was comical because you could tell she was not a smoker in any way, shape or form. Oh, but the, she was
1: like having to hold on to the yes, cigarette and take she, puffs.
0: She do the puff, but you could tell she didn't inhale at all. Oh and yeah, and whatnot so but apparently people are into this this is a, a but it's fetish. not like
1: people trying to smoke with their
0: vaginas no no, like no, no 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 Tradis- okay. traditional smoking and i'm sitting there going oh well maybe they like the whole you know putting cigarettes out on themselves or cigars or whatever something like that no that's, that's, not, that that's not the case it's just people smoking cigarettes arouses them
1: that's pretty tame and actually that's kind of awesome but at the same time you know we corral all the smokers into like a certain part of outdoor spaces and i wonder if those people are they're
0: just getting off because who smoke?
1: <laughs> <laughs> right you know you got you got the little smoking section of conventions and outdoors or bars and stuff and is there someone there with his hand down his pants?
0: Right, the guy beaten off in the corner because he's like, Beating off in the quarter smoking, yeah. Oh my gosh, oh, put but that... it's
1: pretty tame. I mean, but I don't know, I'd be afraid if like a woman getting banged and having to smoke at the same time, that'd be kind of hard.
0: It's It would be difficult to pull off, uh, because honestly, uh, most medical professionals. Um, don't look at this as a disease or a compulsion. it's just an unusual sexual practice and uh you know most people that that quote unquote suffer from this, they don't seek out medical help because of it
1: well, and because it's so tame i it,
0: mean it's pretty tame it's pretty tame
1: i mean we're seeing lung cancer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Smoke that thing, baby. Oh, the size of the tumor Stop you've it. got. Oh, fuck! <laughs> I want to fuck that tumor. I mean, that's just probably as weird as it gets, right there. But um, yeah, yeah, no. I, God, I can't imagine trying to smoke a cigarette while fucking. That oh, would can be, you imagine hanging out of the
1: side of your mouth and you're just going away? Right, like ash falls off. Right, onto the back of the person or
0: it somewhere birthed, else. Right. Right. Oops, I got ash in your vag or in your anus. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so <to> <laughs> <laughs> So my question is, so <laughs> for a guy or sorry, for a woman that's into that finish, does he want does she want a guy smoking a cigarette while he's going down on her? How do we pull that off? The logistics on that just don't work for me.
1: <laughs> you just kind of stumped me. <laughs> and i wonder if it does border into like having a woman put a cigarette in her vagina and trying to draw on it i wonder if that's a trigger now i don't know you have to research her being research and get, get back
0: to me. oh no i i will go no further with this than what i already have i'm i'm good oh, i'm good no i'm good I'm good. all right fine i just know that they, they like i said there's several videos that i found where it's you know it's just a, a a woman and a guy fucking and the woman is smoking a cigarette in the most uncomfortable manner possible because clearly <laughs> she does not smoke at all
1: oh i feel bad
0: and i would be I hope sit- She it's
1: hazard paid for it at right, least, right? And,
0: and i'd be sitting there going do you really need to do that? Are you okay? Because I'm happy to smoke the cigarette while we're do- doing this. I can make it much more natural than what you're doing. I don't know. However, uh, here's the thing. Um, I am a lifelong smoker, obviously. And having a cigarette in my mouth while I'm trying to do something and taking puffs off of it, I still don't do that very well. I get I, sm- I get smoke in my eyes. I need to breathe And have that that momentary pause between drags. So I'm not that hardcore where I've got the thing in my mouth and I'm doing shit.
1: I found that, and this is why it's so hard for me to quit when I do. When I smoke, it's because it's more of a meditative thing. I go outside. I am working through my thoughts. So the thought of smoking while actually doing something is, other than smoking, is hard for me.
0: No, it makes sense. Yeah. It makes total sense. I, yeah. I, I I do not uh, correlate sex with smoking. That's just.
1: Unless it's afterwards, because there's nothing better than cigarette
0: after sex always after sex always after sex have to have a cigarette after after i'm done have to and, it,
1: and now sucks for the last 20 years everybody has to go outside to do right after
0: i sex. remember back in the day you could knock one out and you'd sit there and you'd just roll over yes. and have your cigarette yes you could sit there in bed with the person and smoke and oh my god oh, and share
1: the cigarette sometimes oh so it's just like, oh oh, oh. oh. oh.
0: It's the greatest thing ever. It was the greatest. And now, all right. Everybody I'm gonna, rolls out of bed. I'm going to go out. on s- some clothes. I'm going to go out. Walks out to the back porch. I'm going to go outside. I'm sticky and gross, but I got to have that cigarette. So I'm going to go do that now and I'll be back and maybe you're still here. I don't know. We'll see.
1: Hopefully not, right?
0: Well, I'm married, so she's always there. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, no, the the post-coital cigarette was always the best. Always the best. Yeah.
1: Always. I agree.
0: All right, what's your thing?
1: All right, so mine is a food thing. So I'm on Netflix watching Bake Squad, and they bring up this food tradition or food thing where people take a dill pickle bite off the end and take a peppermint stick like a candy cane and stick it in it and eat it and that's like supposed to be this yummy type thing the fuck i know right i can't imagine that it's and but it's an actual thing and it kind of blew me away that people would actually be sticking peppermint stick sticks into pickles and I was actually going to try it, but then I couldn't find a peppermint stick.
0: See, I was expecting you to say, okay, somebody takes a bite off a dill pickle. They put a minty thing in it and then they shove it up their ass. Cause that's where I was going, <laughs> going in my head. Um, what you're suggesting though, equally gross. It,
1: equally gross. And the funny thing is on bake squad, the TV show, on Netflix anyways they actually have everybody but the person who's like oh my god yeah I've been doing this all my life it's something I grew up with in Chicago everybody else tried it like literally promptly spit it out because it was terrible but I guess this is really a thing where it's kind of a fair food type thing dill pickle with a peppermint stick put in it so
0: I don't know, what, I what,
1: love, but you don't like pickles. I well, love pickles. No, I love
0: pickles. I like sweet pickles. I am not a oh dill pickle. Oh, God. Pic- what, no. you,
1: what kind of wrong are you?
0: I am fucking a monster, all right? You are a monster. I am a monster. Sweet pickles? No, sweet pickles oh all Oh, my day. God. Relish, uh, sweet pickles on uh, everything. Everything. Uh, no. Hot dogs, oh. burgers, doesn't matter. Dill pickles oh. with the devil. What a,
1: Sweet pickles are not allowed in my house. What
0: a contrast in taste, though, to go from the minty to the Dill.
1: Well, and that's the one thing that I was reading about is it has something to do with the salty and the sweet and the crunch and the vinegary tartness that actually makes it all kind of a good thing. I don't know. So I'm going to try it, I think, next Christmas
0: because
1: you can't find peppermint sticks right now. Uh,
0: Fuck that. Well, I'm saying I'm always... that, that, that's that's worse than smoking fetish in my opinion that's that's a crime against god right there you did you, do, you, you mm, no.
1: you should ask any of your listeners if they've ever had it
0: all right right in Angie throw, threw through down the gauntlet there uh anybody out there who shoves candy canes up the ass with their dill pickle um go ahead and reach out you you know the contact information I'm not going to go over it again um yeah no I, that sounds horrific I, that sounds absolutely terrible now if you told me you were sprinkling parmesan on top of the dill pickle i'd go okay because parmesan goes on everything i'm learning that
1: well pickles go with a lot too i really want to do the thing where they take a dill pickle shove a cheese stick in it and then wrap it in dough and then deep fry it
0: oh mm. okay that sounds amazing. you know what i like to do with dill pickles what you, I take i them. I take them out of the jar and what, and then I take them out back. I coat them in I gasoline know. and I let them on fucking fire because they're disgusting, disgusting.
1: So, uh, who has sweet pickles? I think Wendy's does sweet pickles instead of yes, milk pickles. they do,
0: and that's why I love Wendy's.
1: And that's why I hate Wendy's. And I make them take all the pickles off. Fucking
0: everything. sacrilege! It's goddamn uh, sacrilege. That's we what we are you're doing. pickle enemies. All right we yes it's the pickle civil war (laughs) drunk check that's yeah i'm here uh you're drunk too um i yes i listeners that's one i want to throw out it's sweeter dill i i want to settle this fucking thing for once and for all
1: you know Dill pickles are making a major like comeback no, right now. No, so no, fuck this gonna, shit. Dill is gonna whoop sweets ass. Sweet
0: pickle people, fucking sweet pickle army, come, come to me, come back. Let's go. Rally
1: dills. Ra-
0: ra- rally sweeties. Get, get on it. Get on it, because uh, yeah, dill pickle. I can You know, I will eat a dill pickle like when you you go to a deli and you order a sandwich. Right. And they give you the dill pickle on the side, the little slice there. I'm yeah. fine with that. I'll eat that, no problem. But if you're putting pickles on my burger, or my hot dog, or whatever the hell else the case may be, um, it's got to be sweet pickles all day. Mm-mm. Gherkins. But- butter chips. I like Ugh. the butter chips. Oh, Ugh. they're the fucking greatest. They go on everything. And I'm telling you, everything. You wrap a wrap bacon around a fucking sweet pickle oh my god no, oh
1: why that one doesn't even sound good to me because you don't get the tart a of, well uh, the tart and the fat off bacon
0: you've got the savory from a of the, dill you've no, got the savory of the with bacon them. with the sweet of the pickle come on yuck no absolutely you're it. in denial you you, no, need, you
1: and i are gonna get into a fistfight you pickles.
0: need to see a fucking therapist about your dill pickle problem okay that's what you need to talk about with your fucking therapist.
1: Okay, make sure to bring it up. She don't care.
0: Goddamn <laughs> right. That that'll be your test question. Look here, bitch. Diller, More
1: kind of Diller's sweet.
0: That's right. And depending upon her answer, you say yay or nay on top of that.
1: Okay, that will be my lit this test.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think this is a very good time to take a break. What do, what do you think? Sounds great. <laughs> and we are back. Well, fuck, all we got left at this point, kids, we got to go to the corner. Daddy, I don't like Star Wars. Avengers are boring. Welcome to the Kids' Corner. Yes, here we are at the Kids' Corner. This week we watched Chippendale Park Life, uh, released in 2021. TVG, they've got four episodes out now at this and Of course, this is on Disney+. Synopsis, The Lovable Chipmunk Troublemakers in a non-verbal classic-style comedy following the ups and downs of two little creatures living life in the big city. Uh, the series was produced by Marc Dupontavis and uh, directed by Jean Carole. Uh Rotten Tomatoes score critics 80%. I don't know what the audience has to say. I don't think the audience chimed in at that point. Nope. Haven't had an audience score at this point. So critics are giving this an 80%. Um, I fucking love this show. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I'm going to give it a five out of five. Um, this is just cracked out. Chippendale. and Dale. Um, Cause my, my frame of reference is of course, Chippendale rescue Rangers, you know, from back in the day. And, uh, but this is a, a, a just a, a cracked out is the best I could use to describe it. I I believe Angie disagrees with me because she's been texting me. I fucking hate you throughout the time she's been watching this. So Angie, take it away.
1: I hate you. One out of five. (laughs) I hate you so much. I actually thought, hmm, I should get some psychedelic drugs in order to make this actually enjoyable because I wanted to kill myself the whole entire time.
0: So how many episodes did you watch? Two. Okay.
1: Fully through. Okay. One of them, like, almost twice because I was like, shit, I need to give this. It's fair due," you, you know, and I started the first episode again and actually took fucking notes. Because I wanted to be prepared, but two episodes.
0: (laughs) All right, I'm gonna. I'll I'll give my spiel, and then we're gonna do your notes because I'm really interested to see what you have written down there. Um, For me, this was very reminiscent of like Ren and Stimpy. This would to me. This was what would happen if Disney handed. Chippendale to like Jindy Tartakovsky, the guy that uh, did Samurai Jack and Powerpuff Girls, kind of in that same vein. And then, of course, uh, you know, Ren and Stimpy had some influences, obviously way less vulgar than that. But there was enough rando shit in this, uh, especially the second episode um that really kind of grabbed my interest and has made it one of the the few shows that the little one likes that i am like fuck yeah let's watch this so angela notes me
1: oh my god first of all for some reason i hate the art style i just do not like the art style that they used in this it was like halfway disney but halfway some other shit and i just Hated the art style just to begin with, so totally not on board to begin with. But um yeah, um, I don't know my my notes are more questions like, what kind of dog eats nuts?
0: <laughs> Shut the fuck up, because uh, that was that was one of the questions I asked in the first episode. Was uh, dogs eat acorns? What?
1: Uh, yeah, that was like, and that's their only meal. It's Pluto. He actually lives with Goofy. And the second question is, Pluto had puppies? And why is he not taking care of his fucking puppies?
0: Well, Pluto did some fucking.
1: Well, apparently, and the mom abandoned them. Because Pluto's male, right? Yes, he is. I was like, and I just, oh my God.
0: The bigger question is, um, why is it Goofy? is a a humanoid that can talk whereas uh, why is it you know pluto acts like a dog does
1: well yeah i mean that's true and so those were my two questions i was like why didn't they just put them back and why didn't they all share what was the fucking whole episode when in the end they're all sharing the fucking nuts and there's plenty of nuts for everybody who eats a whole cart of nuts i couldn't get past the whole nut thing
0: The second episode, thoughts?
1: Children equal horses? Question mark, question mark, is the first note I had. And then I was like, what the fuck? Chip and Dale are breaking the babies
0: as horses so that they can ride them? I love that. (laughs) <laughs> i mean because
1: there's a point where he's like i'm gonna do a bareback breaking and hops on the baby's ass over the back in order to break him to his will <laughs> and so i was like what the fuck is happening and then some of the babies were like regular babies but all of a sudden there were babies with bill- duck bills and then there was like and i was like what kind of drugs were these people on when they made this show.
0: Yeah, but here's the thing is that they do it in a, in a, they do it in the Disney world where, where every humanoid upstanding bipedal, you know, creature is, is an animal, much like Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and everything but else. Some of
1: the babies were regular babies. No, they weren't. The, yeah, yes, don't all oh, bullshit.
0: I'm gonna fucking disagree with you on that. And
1: sometimes there were babies, Go regular back. babies, Go. and then all of a sudden there's this one with the duck bill. But when they're stampeding, the duck bill goes away. <laughs> I was like, and they're all crying, and they all have teeth. And what kind of baby has duck bill and teeth? Ducks don't have teeth.
0: It's Disney. It's Disney. It's all okay. Disney. I, okay. Okay, but so let me ask you this question. Would you expect this type of content from Disney as she takes a drink? No. No.
1: Because, no. And part of the reason is because the second episode, I'm like, oh, Chip and Dale are homosexual?
0: Ah, there is a bit of an underlying tone there where they seem to be a couple.
1: Yeah, so they're a couple because the second episode where it or in the first episode, the third story was about Chip and Dale. And it seemed like an allegory for marriage. It was crazy. Like they're all together and they're like examples for the rest of the animals in the park of how wonderful it is to be together. And all the other (laughs) animals can't deal with that.
0: And that's the segment where their tails are tied together.
1: And their tails get tied together. Yeah. And it was, it was crazy, and then they couldn't stand each other. But then they decide. Oh, I was...
0: It was a wonderful I... allegory for relationships in general. Well, yeah,
1: because <laughs> you get tired of being stuck with someone for too long, and you need a little bit of you time.
0: <laughs> I think. It... I think this second episode was the kind of one of the that kind of hit their stride there because you haven't watched the third or the fourth, right? Which are to me stand up to to what the second episode does but the second episode where they're trying to find the nutcracker and they're sitting there waiting for the package to get delivered in the mailbox chip goes fucking full jim jones at that point and yeah i mean that was kind of fucking funny
1: it was kind of amusing i it was kind of amusing i thought the female chipmunk character was pretty badass i was like badass female i think her name is clarice and i I put badass female (laughs) haha i don't
0: know (laughs) but they end up with when you get to that second segment though where it's the the big peacock and the, the the berry and the the you know, the dead body thing or or there's that segment where it's the dead body where with the Dale, berry.
1: Where Dale thinks that Chip has committed murder yes. of the other woodland animal because yes. of eating the berries and then chopping them up. Yes. And then serving them to him. I mean that shit gets dark.
0: That was twisted as fuck, which is it why was. I love that. I love that whole segment. Because it's you're sitting there, yeah <laughs> he breaks Dale in, got the acorns. Pops the top off. There's a raspberry there, but it's like Dale of,
1: thinks it's the chopped
0: up other animal. Right, it, it shades a Hannibal going on right there, eating a brain. Right. I, I mean, and and most the seven year old loves this show. This oh, really? is one of the few few shows that she and I have sat down and watched where she's she's into it as much as I am. Now,
1: see that surprises me because I wouldn't find that. I wouldn't have thought kids would like it.
0: Oh, she loves it. She oh. absolutely loves it because it's it's got a lot of frenetic energy to it. It's very kind of manic show. You got the, the mu- very r- music very reminiscent of Powerpuff Girls where it's the fast drumming and it you know, I can't even do it. But um I but that's, yes, that's some dark shit. <laughs> well,
1: and then I think another episode in that, or another part of this a new story because every episode has three shorts in it.
0: Three segments. One of yeah.
1: them, yeah, three segments. One of the segments was about drug addiction. <laughs> I mean, the, the call of the acorn the, the on acorn. the top of yes, the thing yes and i was like what the fuck is this shit this is a kid's show yeah and it's literally like an allegory for drug addiction and how uh you know dale is trying to keep chip from you know going after this acorn at the top of the tree that's just drawing him in and it's, it was ridiculous i
0: do you think did this subvert your expectations though
1: it did. I. I mean, it honestly did because it's. Yeah, I guess if if I had a child watching Disney Plus, this would be something I wouldn't mind watching with my child as an adult. You know, because God fucking damn it, I got stuck with so much fucking Caillou. I wanted.
0: You got stuck with the Cancer Kid.
1: Oh, Cancer Kid! Yes, <laughs> it was Caillou. And Thomas, Thomas the Train, and I can't remember the other stuff. Uh, Caillou just really just nails on the chalkboard. Thomas wasn't so bad, but there was another show that I was like, oh yeah, I can totally get down with this one. But I can't remember what it was. And I guess this would be along the same vein. As far as a kid's show, it has enough to keep the adult interested. And it's got a lot of layers into it that um, I think it would be good. But at the same time, I hated it. I, hate, I hated the art style. I, I think, and that's part of what threw me off is how much I did not like the art style. Because it was part Disney character, but the backgrounds and everything were a very different art style. And I don't even know what to call
0: that. Well, that, that's where I make the comparisons to kind of a Ren and Steppy type of situation. It was very, it just kind of dirty animation. Right. But then you'd have those moments of like extreme close-ups with extreme backgrounds and, right. but yes, it was very minimalist. It was not, uh, the Saint of Pixar fucking show.
1: True. I, uh, and I don't, and maybe it just caught me in a bad, at a bad time. The reason why, but I, like I could totally see someone who, like I said, watching it with an adult, with their child who's younger, they could probably actually like it so i didn't watch the third episode and i probably am not going to
0: oh the fourth one dropped today as well oh there's uh, it's one of those they're releasing uh on a weekly basis and uh the it does not disappoint each episode is 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 continues to get better and better um, but I, that's why I I love this show because it, it does it, it's very subversive. You you don't it's you're sitting there going, the kids laughing at this because of the the silly crazy manic energy to the show, but the adult is sitting there going going, wow, this shit's fucked up. <laughs>
1: that's true. This shit is. I mean, because it's, it's, it's very it's very adult topics in a kid show. I find, you know, and yeah.
0: It was really that mind-numbing for you.
1: Yeah. I didn't like it at all.
0: Wow. I am shocked. I I really thought that, because I know when I first proposed this to you, you're sitting there going, really? And I'm like, give it, a, just watch it. See what, see what <laughs> you think. Because bear in mind, I mean, you've got the teenager now, right? Right. Okay. So... My my steady diet recently has been fucking Doc McStuffins, okay? Oh, yeah. Which I, I wanna slip my wrists watching right. that over and over again. Whereas when this come came along, I'm like, okay, let's give this a shot. I'm like, holy fuck, this is funny as shit. This is way darker. This is this goes to so many different places than Doc McFuckhead goes.
1: Well, and I think maybe that may be part of why I didn't like it is because it is kind of a dark, it is dark, and that is not something I'm liking to watch right now as a whole because I am struggling with my depression, so I try to stay away from that stuff, and this show is dark for adults, not for kids, it's it's a different level for adults.
0: Well, kids don't get the subtext in the whole thing. No, they don't get the subtext, and I'm just like, oh, it's
1: about, you know... Hey, dark marriage and drug abuse and <laughs> murder and
0: <you> know? <laughs> that's it. That's what needs to go on the tagline right there. <laughs> the show? It's all about depression, murder, and drug abuse. Come on, kids. Disney loves you.
1: <laughs> or stealing, or stealing food from starving creatures. <laughs> i mean that's literally what it's about so and riding babies like horses
0: (laughs) it's one of the best episodes best segments (laughs) (laughs) chill hey look what they're trying to say is children are fucking animals and you know what i have to agree (laughs) well
1: when the kid takes chip And Chip puts the pacifier collar on him and sticks it in his mouth. And he's like, woohoo. I'm like, you're sucking on Chip's ass. (laughs) I was like, what are you getting out of that? Because he like seemed to really enjoy it. I mean, does Chipmunk shit taste
0: good? Again, how can you not find that funny? That is some funny (laughs) shit right there. Compared to ev- a drink. <laughs> compared to everything else, you can- no. Here's the thing: I enjoy this sober. That's <laughs> the shocking part is that I will watch this sober, and I still think it's funny.
1: I can see that. I, I it's and maybe it's just not my speed, and you know, it's. I don't mean to yuck your yum, it's probably someone else's yum, and I could totally see that. If it's if you're an adult swim type person, you probably love the, shit exactly. Out of the show. Exactly.
0: Or liquid television. Liquid or, television, yes. yeah. Sub- or old
1: school adult swim, you yes. know. Yes. What what which was the French fry and the milkshake?
0: Aqua fucking hunger force. Hunger
1: Force. Teen Hunger Force, yeah.
0: Hilarious. <laughs> I could do an entire episode on Aqua Teen. You should. An entire episode. <laughs> and only people that are in their forties would actually listen to it um <laughs> but yeah the, again that's that's what i loved about it 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 goes yeah. down that path of of very much adult swim you know Jendy Gen-D-Tart- jenny tartakovsky stuff ren and stampy you know i just everything about it you know fits and it's on disney mold. plus <laughs> and that's the thing it's just it, I, i'm sitting there going disney let I'm not saying it was one of their biggest properties, but let two very iconic characters be handled in this way. And you're just sitting there. Okay. I'm, I'm along for this right now. I will watch every episode of this show going forward. I, I, it, 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 it's nice. It's brief. It's only, you know, a couple 20 minute episodes, three segments, every episode. It just, it works for me. And again, the alternative is doc McStuffins.
1: And I can see why you would choose this over document stuff. Not
0: doing it. I won't do it. <laughs> you I finally shouldn't. once once we finished Chippendale, I was able to push her on to uh uh Good Luck Charlie, which is actually a very funny show. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's adorable. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm down for this. And I, I anybody who's a fan of Powerpuff Girls or Jenny Tartakovsky or or Renan Stempy Give this a look. You will be surprised. Mm-hmm. You will. I agree. You will be surprised. There, there is some rando shit in the in this show, and uh, nobody's talking in it. It's all gibberish. So it's not Chippendale Rescue Rangers shit where they're sitting there having conversations. Now this is just, you know, it's like the nanny and fucking. Uh, muppets muppet babies
1: oh yeah totally it's all maybe that's part of it it's like oh and maybe part of it is it didn't meet what i was expecting when it i saw chip and dale too and that could be part of it like okay. i was expecting rescue rangers and it wasn't
0: fuck that show no I'm i missed.
1: Kidding. i missed dale dressed up as indiana jones no
0: no sorry <laughs> it, it, i'm i'm a tailspin guy or ducktails that's it. That's that's where I'm going. You can keep Darkwing Duck. I hated that show. But uh no. Duck DuckTales and Tailspin. Love those two.
1: I don't think I've ever really watched either of those, so
0: Well, you can't get tailspin on Disney Plus. Apparently there's some questionable content in it that does not line up with acceptable standards nowadays yeah yeah i can't remember what it is i'm sure i read about it but uh ducktales is is very much available
1: and they're still making ducktales aren't they
0: yes they've they've done a a reboot of it um i have not watched any of it but Mm -hmm. um maybe someday i don't know it's got a lot to live up to uh compared to chip and dale so yeah park life (laughs) it's good good stuff. I'm sorry you couldn't see the glory in it.
1: I wish I was on drugs when I watched it. <laughs> Probably would have found it very hilarious. But yeah. I'm like a teetotaler when it comes to that shit.
0: So it's a ringing endorsement, folks. You uh you got to hit <laughs> you got to hit the shrooms before you hit Chippendale Park life.
1: Oh, I bet that I bet
0: if you did I, that I, would be amazing. I bet that would do everything you needed it to do. So Final thoughts on Chippendale. Go
1: watch it if that's your thing.
0: (laughs) Go ahead. If you like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Angie did not like it, kids. Uh, I enjoyed the fuck out of it. So uh, who are you going to believe? The host of the podcast or, uh, you know, someone else. Anyways. No. You're you're entitled to your opinion. No Never matter, coming back. No matter how wrong it may be. <laughs> oh, we'll bring you back. We'll bring oh, you I back. Know. Absolutely. All right. So uh, as far as what I learned this evening is that uh, Angie's a hater when it comes to chipmunks. Hater. Yeah. What's, what'd okay. you learn? What'd you learn?
1: Oh, see, this kind of puts me on the spot. I learned...
0: no i i didn't learn
1: i don't know what i learned oh my gosh
0: it's it's always so much fun because you everybody
1: freezes up when you ask exactly
0: i know they do which is why you just like
1: put us on the spot i do kind of stuff and I know that this question is coming because I've listened to your podcast uh-huh. like everyone should. Uh-huh. I know it's coming, and I but I don't want to pre-plan it because that would seem disingenuous. So what I learned was...
0: Josh you actually
1: it. like some movies.
0: There we go. <laughs> I, you know, if you went back and listened... To all thirty episodes, yes, we're on episode thirty now. By the way, celebration! Celebrate. I must
1: have missed the ones that where you actually liked stuff. But I missed there, the stuff in the teens, I think. Yes, and that, where you actually I li- liked things.
0: There are a lot. Hey, I fuck last episode. I really enjoyed the Suicide Squad. <laughs>
1: That's true. Yeah. That's true. Okay. All right. What I learned is sometimes you like movies outside of comic book movies.
0: Very good. Okay.
1: Okay. I'll
0: take there that. There we go. I'll take that. <laughs> as far as the final assessment of the whiskey, um, yeah, I've drank Kill Begging like four times now. So obviously I like it. Uh, there's about a half a bottle left and yeah, it's going to take me a while to sober up. Um, how's your... Rum. You went to vodka at some point in the evening. Nah, I
1: just stayed with the rum. But it's the same. I've been drinking the same thing for twenty years. There's the reason why the bar just slides me my drink when I walk in the door.
0: Had a girl. <laughs> Alcoholism has its benefits. That's telling true. You, telling you, kids. Absolutely. So next week, huge announcement. Huge. 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 That's my teaser. Any hit? Nope. Oh, fine. None whatsoever. You want to know what the fuck the announcement is, you gotta tune in, kids. <laughs> so Angela, thank you. Yes. All you, right.
1: Thank n- you for having me.
0: No, thank you for coming on. You have been magnificent. And uh we will have you on again. Maybe oh, thank you. maybe a little little less of a, of a gap between episodes next time.
1: Oh, that'd be good
0: yes and next time we'll watch something uh gee i don't know turner and hooch has a new series now how about that you gonna, you gonna get on that why don't we do some kind
1: of musical kids musical instead.
0: oh descendants i like
1: that kind of yeah we can do like the descendants you, you want to do, or something. You wanna
0: do one of the descendants yeah well, let's do one of the descendants uh, okay and i'll
1: come up with some obscure movie you've probably never heard of
0: Yes. And that, and that's the, the pretense we're going to bring you back. We'll go a couple episodes and then we'll bring Angie back for the movie that no one has ever fucking seen. So, <laughs> or heard of for that matter. I'm, I'm fine with that. We'll, we'll go ahead and review those. Sounds good. Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, again, thank you and thank you to everybody who's listening we'll see you next week huge announcement so come on the fuck back uh you'll be pleased or you'll you'll be outraged i don't know which but uh we'll see you next time kids have a good one